Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nebbia. Hi, it's Jerry the King Lawler, and you're tuned in to the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. I don't know why you are, but you are. Yo, man, I'm the, I'm the fucking, you, you want to talk to me, motherfucker? I'm the fucking button. <laughs> I'm the boss. Ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Can you handle this? Can you handle this? Ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Can you handle this? Can you handle this? Ooh, ooh, retard. Can you handle this? Can you handle this? Ooh, ooh, retard. Can you handle this? Can you handle this? Ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Can you handle this? Can you handle this? Ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Can you handle this? Can you handle this? July 30th, 2017, we got an interesting episode of the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show. I wish I could have spliced in an intro to make it a little bit more fancy, but we've only been around for two years, hint, 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 and uh, I'm still regulated to pretty much 80s and 90s generic dance music, but this is a breakfast soup edition of the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show. I am Don, Tony, and he is... Anthony Missionary Thomas. What's up, Mish? Not much, dude. How you doing? <laughs> Good. I'm actually looking forward to this. I mean, I'm always looking forward to doing shows, but you know, I know um, all of our listeners that are not on Patreon, they're probably saying right now, wait a minute, DT and Mish have done shows together many times before. What do you mean this breakfast soup influence? Well, I think they'll get the idea as the show progresses. Some of the topics discussed, some of the questions that are asked, but it, this is going to be a fucking awesome show. Well, the uh, thing that differentiates the, the uh, breakfast soup from just the regular DTKC or even wrestling soup is the fact that uh, it's a little more interactive with yes. the scenarios with the Patreons, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's it's more of a conversational show brought up by topics that people want to discuss as opposed to just laying it down flat. Uh, and by flat, I don't necessarily mean bad. I just mean flat discussing news. Absolutely. Discussing matches that happened on Raw this evening, you know, and then just kind of carrying on like that. It's more of a direct uh, interaction. Yeah, that's so. exactly what it is. I mean, I can't stand shows out there that will go on a website and everyone out there is, has witnessed this. You go on a website, there's 18 different news tidbits. And what right. does someone do? Read 18 news tidbits and read them <laughs> word for word. You know, not every fucking right. little thing out there even is warranted to bring up. You know what I mean? Like Nikki Bella and John Cena, they're reportedly done. Until, I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? It's like, what do I you mean? You know what, though? I would bring that up just because I find their relationship so fucking laughable. Yeah. And the fact that it's completely imploding and you you see all these people that were like, no, Nikki, <laughs> why are you leaving John <laughs> Cena? Fuck up? them. Fuck yeah. them. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. And speaking of fuck them, it, look, you know, it's funny because over the years, I've always been accused of being a WWE dick sucker. And even though I criticized WWE, and it was funny because people were like, oh, you're defending Hogan, you're fucked up. This and meanwhile, I did a parody called White American a couple of years ago, you know, yeah. which was the drizzling shits, but it was just a satire of the crap that was going on. And by the week, by the way, this week is the anniversary that Hulk Hogan was caught saying the N word and fired by WWE big moment in his career. I think. Yeah, big moment in his career. But um, so we're going to get into 
uh, listener questions from Patreon. We're going to get into, obviously, the topics in hand. But I got to just say this very quick thing. And I know you definitely want to give a couple of comments on Brock Lesnar also. Sure. But as far as Raw tonight, the women's stuff, it just felt like another week went by. The tag team stuff, it felt like another week went by. Everything else felt like just another week went by. Finn Balor wins a match, he loses right. a match. Corbin I just wins a match. Not a couple things, though. I mean, as far as the women go, it really is kind of funny. When you watch Ronda Rousey out there, it's amazing how she's just flipping bitches. Yeah, it's just, she's just tossing them. But, you know, right. on, the, on the flip side, though, Alicia Fox getting right up like nothing happened to her. Well, that's that's yeah. bad selling on her part. I mean, I wouldn't blame Ronda Rousey for Alicia Fox. Oh, no, I didn't blame I'm not blaming her. But what about even later on in the tag match? Sarah Logan just gets tossed out of the ring, and she's <laughs> unfucking conscious for 90 seconds. The, right. They lose the match. Just tossed out of the ring, and she's fucking unconscious. I just can't stand the predictability of the matches and as far as Brock Lesnar goes I said this earlier I wrote online and I know there's a lot of people that like to write catchy one-liners on Twitter to try to get the most attention and the most likes I tell you every mean and everybody out there how I feel of what I'm seeing all right oh, yeah. there's a lot of things I did not crap on tonight but as far as the Brock Lesnar stuff I wrote early on bless WWE for trying to take years of storyline that Brock don't give a fuck about the fans that Brock don't give a fuck about Raw that Brock don't Brock don't give a fuck about the title and try to get all of those years of neglect and try to cram it down everybody's throat tonight then the funny thing Boy. is they're in Florida so obviously he's going to be a little more biased to Roman Reigns sure, but sure. Brock Lesnar shitting on the fans tonight the live fans in attendance are going to go along with whatever storyline is being portrayed they're all chanting in the crowd nah 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 to Paul right. Heyman alright but meanwhile you know I'm saying to myself the Miami fans, they know he's not done. You know what I mean? Like, they're just having fun. They're going along with it. You know, and, and but the thing that pissed me off more than anything is they're trying to do this whole thing now. Brock hates this. Brock hates that. Brock hates Paul. Brock hates this. Brock hates that. And then you have... Kurt Angle trying to help with the storyline too, saying that, you know, Brock Lesnar doesn't care about the fans. Brock Lesnar is the worst universal champion of all time. And the live crowd is popping. Yeah, yeah, he's the worst champion. And I'm saying to myself, whoa, take a step back for a minute. Fuck you, WWE, because you're the ones that decided to put the universal title on a part-time guy that had a contract with very little dates for a lot of fucking money, and you let it troll and troll and build and build and build and you fucked up that universal championship just so you could get some additional Miami fans to go Roman, Roman, Roman. Roman Reigns is the Esma of wrestling. Esma is a skin condition that is not curable. You could try to get it under control. You could try <laughs> you could try to treat it. You could try, you know, some day, weeks it'll be better, some weeks it'll be worse, but there's no fucking cure for it. And for everybody out there that thinks in storyline that Brock doesn't show up, Brock doesn't do this, this is fucking WWE's fault. They fucking put the universal title on this guy 
Anybody listening, and I've said this countless times in the past, but I need to repeat it now. Anybody listening, if you, any employer you work for right now, whether it's a fucking office or a gas station, whether it's a fucking bodega or McDonald's, whether it's a five-star hotel or a fucking whorehouse or a shack, if your employer came up to you right now and said, hey, I'll give you all this fucking money and you only need to work 12 times a year, you mean to tell me that anybody out there is going to say, nah, man, I have to work fucking 50 dates. You know, I, this is an entertainment company. I'm going to be the universal body. champion. I need to be there week in and week out or at least every two or three weeks. I mean, you're putting the belt on me. Common sense. Don't you think if this is an entertainment company and I'm supposed to in storyline be a champion, this is all fucking WWE's fault. And for anybody out there to fucking fall for this shit... I mean, come on, man. Not every fucking person listening is in the 6 to fucking 14 demographic. This is all WWE's fault. They're the ones that put the belt on a part-time guy. They're the ones that fucking... I think they're trying to make the best of a bad situation. Look, yeah, they, it's not going to so work. When they initially work. inked that fucking contract, no matter what people say, WWE's lawyers, of course, drew up those contracts and both sides agreed to it. Of course, Brock was going to agree to less dates for more money. Right, you're right. Any but human being alive would agree to right. less work, more money? Sure. Right. Who the fuck's going to turn around and go, nah, I'd rather work twice as much. And you know what? Paychecks are optional, folks. It's I'm optional. talking solely on the universal title. If, well, if that Brock, is a weird situation because Brock was signed only to, what was it, the 15 dates for the year or whatever, and then they ran the extension, which I'm not even completely sure what the extension details were. But you have Brock Lesnar in a scenario where he doesn't have to work. He gets paid a shit ton of money. What is WWE going to do? The only person that they've been feeding bread and butter to has been Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. Roman Reigns has been the guy that's taken the spot. He's taken the shine off of John Cena. John Cena literally said he was going to work less dates. Was it last WrestleMania? Mm -hmm. And he's done that. He's worked a hell of a lot yeah. less. I mean, look at Undertaker. I mean, nobody bitches when these wrestlers work part time. But with Brock Lesnar, oh, it's the you know, the fucking sacri sacrificial you know lamb that. Oh my God, you know I can't believe this. Blah 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 blah. This is fucking WWE's fault yeah. for all this shit. They ruined the Universal Championship because, like we said months ago, all right, when everybody else was saying, "Oh, Roman Reigns is being demoted," they have a change in direction of Roman Reigns. They finally realized that he's not a main eventer, and they're gonna start from scratch, and they're gonna agree. Brill Fuck you. Fuck you. It was all they fucking did was the they were fucking going from point A and point B. And unfortunately, it, they had a fucking roadblock and it's called conscientious smart fans and very vocal fans. So they just said, you know what? We're going to take the fucking scenic route. We're going to go around the other way and we're going to take some extra things and we're going to sightsee and we're going to fucking this. But at the end of the day, you're still going to fucking point number two right. right i mean it's this is what it is and this idea that they're cramming this down our throat we're supposed to believe that all of a sudden brock is not friends with paul and brock fucking hates this and i don't even want to be here and it's a this we've known this for years this is for this is lame pathetic dumb they're just scrambling at this point. This is all a scramble in order to kind of, re I, I don't believe like as much fun 
as it is that, that we kind of joked last time we were talking about this with Brock Lesnar eventually retaining on Monday. After well, yeah, can left. I share that with everyone? Quick? Sure, fucking uh, nail it. Breakfast soup last week, everyone. I actually said something. We both were laughing hysterically out loud. It was just a spur-in-a-moment thought that I came up with. And wouldn't it be a fucking thing? And I would love this. What if WWE has Brock Lesnar lose at SummerSlam? Whether somebody cashes in a briefcase or doesn't, whether Roman Reigns, whatever it is, could you imagine if WWE fucking trolled the fans, had Brock Lesnar lose at SummerSlam, but since they already advertised him at being at Raw the next night that Brock Lesnar invokes his rematch clause, wins the belt again, and leaves fucking Raw the next day back as the Universal Champion. If they fucking did that, I would fucking pop. I would actually consider getting my brand new, fresh GoPro black number four and fucking film myself running around with just pasties on my balls and my nipples and fucking run around my yard over here. Uh, well, there's a visual. Uh, <laughs> dude, I don't know, man. The, the whole Brock Lesnar experiment has kind of blown up in their face. I think the, the reality of the situation is that the contracts are what really screwed up the entire universal title, mm -hmm. screwed up the way that Brock is presented. And the best case scenario that they can make of this <laughs> is to turn him into a guy that doesn't give a shit, which, to be fair, Probably isn't that far from the truth. Mm. Brock Lesnar is clearly a money-motivated guy, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the idea that WWE couldn't have come up with any better scenario than sticking him in a ring with Roman Reigns yet again <laughs> yeah. for the universal title just seems like lackluster ideals. Uh, it's just there's there should have been a lot more behind it, but there isn't. And as funny as the idea that you come across with Brock Lesnar retaining on Monday would be, the reality is it's going to be a straight match and everybody's pretty much guaranteed to uh, expect Roman Reigns to walk out as champion. Yeah. So, you know, look, if you actually pay very close attention to what the announcers are saying, what Paul Heyman is saying, what Roman Reigns is saying, you know, when you, when you actually say live on camera that it's madness that they're facing each other over and over and over and over and over again. That means that something has to change. Yeah. So so the idea that Roman Reigns is going to not defeat Brock Lesnar is almost slim to none. You know, and I even joked around with some people last week. I said, you know, with the amount of times they faced each other, how do you not come out with a fucking DVD or something? And if you do, there has to be at least one time where Roman Reigns fucking finally beats Brock Lesnar and they keep reminding us about the greatest fucking Saudi Arabian Royal Rumble shit. You know, they're not going to escape, you know, that fact. So they keep bringing it up. So if you look at the scenario, he loses, he loses, he loses. He finally gets a chance. He should have won, but he still lost. He loses, right. he loses, and then he wins. Right. That's how the DVD ends. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do come out with a DVD or a special. WWE's been dropping a lot of DVDs. You can find them at like Targets and Walmarts and Kmarts and shit. But they're constantly still launching DVDs, even though the network is their big push. So, mm -hmm. yeah. You know. By the way, I should have mentioned this earlier on. Uh, here's the format for tonight's show and for next week. We decided to bring Patron to the Monday DTKC show for two weeks just to give everybody a little bit of a taste of what we do on Patron. Sure. Tonight is breakfast soup. 
which is always hosted by Mish and myself. Next week will be Kevin Castle. He will be up here solo doing his solo edition of Castle Chronicles. So it should be it should be a lot of fun. Um, I want to shout out our new patrons, Anthony uh, Bradley and Andy Blanco, and our newest associate producer, Chris Harris. Welcome aboard, and thank you for the support. I also got to give a special congratulations, and I sincerely want to thank everybody out there who saw what I wrote on Twitter and wished Mark good luck. All right, just to set this up a little bit, I've been going back to hotlines doing hotlines in 1997 all right and we started playing around with podcasting around 04 ish around there and you know started going full-blown in 05 and for the longest time one of our loyal loyal listeners is mark coronado jr and he was a very big supporter of what i do it's just humbling. He's in the hospital for the birth of his child a year and a half ago or so, and he's yeah. got the sleeveless Breakfast with Blossy shirt on. For the one-year birthday of his child, he's wearing the Breakfast with Blossy shirt again. He starts getting into MMA, starts training MMA, always showing videos of wearing Don Tony shirts and everything, and we've communicated a lot. Uh, in over the years, all right. He is a big supporter of what I do, and anybody out there that wears a Don Tony shirt, a lot of you out there, especially on Patreon, know it's not just about wearing the shirt to plug. All right, right. I actually, as gifts, send some of our biggest supporters Don Tony shirts. So when Mark is wearing a Don Tony shirt last week at the, I guess, the the hype for his MMA heavyweight championship bout in Payson, Arizona, he's wearing an I'm a Don Tony guy shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like, just surreal to see him posing with his opponent, who you know, for the heavyweight title, and he's wearing a Don Tony shirt, and they're doing all these pitches and everything, and I was just fucking flattered and humbled. And I wrote on Twitter a couple of days ago, I'm like, look, Donzilla Army, he is one of the good guys out there, one of my biggest supporters. I want everyone, show love to Mark Carnado, wish him good luck. And, you know, people, people did. So anyway, this weekend, Payson, Arizona, for all powers combat at the Tonto Apache Recreation Center, Mark Carnado Jr. defeated Featherstone Walden to win the heavyweight champion. This is not pro wrestling. This is MMA. He beat this guy by submission in the first round. And this fucking guy, Mark Carnado Jr., he wins the fucking belt. And what's the first thing he does? I swear on God, I I almost like got teary-eyed. He throws on a Don Tony and Kevin Castle show. Wow, so. dude. And he's That's fucking crazy. they hold his hand up high in the ring as champion and he's wearing the show shirt. And you know, wow. I just it's just like, you know, it some people out there are interpreted like, wow, that was a cool plug. It was a cool plug. No, 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 no. It, that him wearing a Don Tony shirt training the birth of his kid and everything it's the love he showed me and it's the love i showed back to him you know so it was just really really awesome and i had to give him congratulations and you know and to some in the chat room that you know want to play like tough guys and stuff like that you know i don't get a fucking hard on because someone wears my shirt that says don tony some people that have shows no it's the symbolism it's the symbolism of it it's some people talking about a really fucking pure moment where a dude actually wins his first title wins wins a title in mma 
and he could be thanking, you know, Jesus and the Lord and his, you know, best friend Doug and everything else. And instead he fucking dons the shirt and puts on the DTC shirt. And you know what's most important? He's been supporting me for years and years and years. I've been supporting him for years and years and years. Do you know how many times I told him to wear a Don Tony shirt? Zero. Yeah. Zero. I fucking. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's why. That's why it's done out of love. I, I mean, fucking. You see people fucking uh, trolling in the chat and shit like that. Like, oh, I, stop it. And I'm like, dude, this is this is kind of a kick ass. This, this is a. Fu- yeah. I fucking cringe where I see shows telling people wear my fucking shirt. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, go back to fucking fifth grade. <laughs> I mean, how old? You know, it's like I see that uh, for years and years and years. Wear my fucking shirt. I never ever told him once to wear the. He wore the shirt out of appreciation and love back and forth. That's cool, and I just got to congratulate him because you know, again, this is MMA. I'm not an MMA fan. I don't watch MMA. But to see this fucking guy go through eight knee surgeries and still fight and fight and fight and fight and fucking win in the first round by submission, it's just yeah. bravo, Mark. Bravo. It was fucking awesome. And I'm and everyone out there, nobody out there, I shouldn't have to apologize to anybody out there. So Oh, no, don't don't fucking No, apologize. I know, I know. Some people That's are just jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um let's get into some patron questions but we're gonna right. but before we we'll get us blended into a few things because oh. we have to get into this first and foremost you know this past weekend sucked as far as the world of pro wrestling goes yeah the 29th uh, jesus man <laughs> yeah you know people out there you know there's this old uh idea that things happen in threes and I, you know what, and on, on the hindsight of that, it is true in a lot of ways, but I really felt bad for the family of Tracy Cadell, T.C. Brimstone, you yeah. know, because it's like, you know, I saw people over and over and over again, websites, podcasters, news outlets, only talk about Nikolai Volkov, Brian Lawler, and Brickhouse Brown. And I'm saying to myself, oh, because Tracy Cadell's name is not sexy enough and not well-known enough that people are posting photos of three peoples on there and you leave the fucking guy out. I was like, you know, that's just really, I mean, come on. It's just fucking terrible. But where I'm going with this is that we had four deaths take place this weekend in the world of pro wrestling. Um, Brickhouse Brown died at age 57 from cancer. We talked about it on the DTKC show about a week ago when uh, we thought that he had passed, but he actually didn't pass. But everybody was saying he only has days to live. Uh, He has cancer was just, he was was in hospice. I mean, that's really the best way to put it. You're in hospice, you're done. And so his passing, you know, although expected, still sad because 57 is way too young to go. Absolutely. Cancer on top of it. You know, saw him at, uh, f- you know, some footage of him at the Cauliflower Alley cl- Club getting an award, you know, and it's just really, really sad to see what happened to him. Nikolai Volkov at age 70, you know, the reports coming out is natural causes. Right. Um, I tell you, 70 is, 70 is kind of a natural age. Yeah. I, I tell you, and I look at recent photos of him, he looked a lot older than 70. 
Yeah. I mean, you yeah. look at Vince. I mean, Vince is close to 70. And I'm not saying everybody out there is going to quintessentially look like Vince, but there are a lot of 70-year-olds in wrestling. Some of them look 70, some of them look 60, and some of them look 90. Volkov right. looked older to me than 70. He did have a little bit of an older look, I thought. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know what his lifestyle was. Like, was he a big smoker? No, I didn't hear anything like that. Did no, I mean, the point of being like an alcoholic or no, an addict. No, but it, you know, just it was a different kind of lifestyle that a lot of these guys were raised with, or, as opposed to Vince, to be fair, where Vince is probably very healthy, uh, probably, you know, he, he still works out and everything else like that. I don't know. Was Nikolai Volkov still like a regular at the gym? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's true. But, you know, I wrote this over the weekend. I really hope that WWE puts a section on the WWE network of his work because uh, there's been enough people over the years who have totally shit on his Hall of Fame induction. And I always said it's pretty sad that they view Nikolai Volkov's career from the 1984 to the present. You know, it's like if WWE puts up a section and puts up some of his matches from the 70s with Bruno and others, and you just see this mammoth that this guy was at that time, you understand that his body of work was much more than the cartoon era to the early days of Raw. So I really hope that they put that tribute up there. Um, and, you know, 70 years old, you know, borderline too young to, to go. But, you know, that's a career that honestly, you really can't say anything negative about this guy. You really can't. I can't come up with anything. No, I don't think he was. I don't, I, I've never heard anything bad about the guy. You know, I mean, no. even from days of the Bolsheviks and stuff like that. There's he doesn't have a lot of stories where, oh, you know, Nik Nikolai Volkov was on a plane and he got real drunk. And no, I mean, it's just there's just no stories like that about the guy. Although, to be fair, I don't know really much about his personal habits. Yeah, I never heard anything partying about the guy i'm sure you know maybe the guy did have you know drink and i wouldn't be surprised if he smoked at one point but you know you didn't hear of anything of him being in poor health james ellsworth posted a photo of him uh he used to ride with nikolai all the time and there's been some recent photos of him and he looked fine i mean he just looked a little older than 70 but nothing really you know that would be you know but look i know people you know personally who died earlier than 70 that had no health issues at all, that didn't drink or smoke. So you could, you know, pass away at 70. So, but he had a great career. God rest his soul. And again, I really hope WWE does show his, some of his early work. I think people would have a newfound appreciation for, for the work he did. Sure. Um, Brickhouse Brown, you know, I followed him a little bit in Memphis. He wrestled in AWA a little bit. Um, if you really want to see something you know, like funny as far, but not funny. There's a promo he did in Memphis in 88 where he was talking, cutting a promo uh, about uh, somebody who was sick. Can't remember who it was, but the fans start chanting, he's got AIDS, he's got AIDS. And it was just like really fucked up at the time. But, you know, he was trained by Terry Funk. He was good friends with Terry Funk. He feuded with Terry Funk, and that's where I saw him more than anything. And I tell you, man, 57, I, you know, when you realize that his U.S., uh, his Memphis stuff, you know, um, I almost said USWA, his Memphis stuff in the late 80s, he was only 27 years old. 
Wow. You know, it felt like he was older at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was older yeah. too. Um, Tracy Cadell, getting back to him, he died at the age of 50. He's, yeah. the, he's the father of Trevor Lee. Right. Not only is he the father of Trevor Lee, but he actually, and people that followed Omega, that, right. the, that the Hardys uh, started right. in the early 90s, um, yeah. they'll remember him from there. He, uh, he actually started Omega with the Hardys. Yeah, it was the Hardys, Shannon Moore. There was a couple other people. In yes, too. they had a little inner circle. Tracy Cadell was very much a part of that. And um, he was uh, very heavily involved with Omega. So uh, he was known as TC Brimstone. I remember his matches, you know, 20 some odd years, 20, what, 27 years ago, it's yeah. 30 years ago. But he was only I'm 50. <laughs> yeah, I know. He was only 50. 50. Young. Yeah. Christ. And he celebrated his birthday two days ago. Oh, did he really? I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah. Shit. He celebrated his birthday. Next day, he died. Did the Hardys make any kind? I mean, I oh, yes. did. But, yes. I mean, what did the Hardys say? They did. Uh, you know, they were very, very sad, very devastated. Matt Hardy really paid a very special tribute to him. There's a GoFundMe page up there right now. I think helping with, ask him for donation to help with uh, funeral expenses. Okay. Um, if you go on GoFundMe, you just t type in Tracy Cadell. Uh, no E and Tracy and two D's and two L's and Cadell. Uh, if you look up Trevor Lee on GoFundMe, you'll find there as well. And there is an address if you want to contribute. And a lot of people are contributing already. So, um, you know, he's the, the the forgotten one, which is just fucking sad to see. You know, I hate that. But the one that's getting the most news, and I know Mish and I are going to have a very interesting conversation about this. Even though you and I never go over questions in advance we right. just well i mean i mean uh, people obviously know where we're going to go with this yes. you know, but uh, i mean i'm not combative about the situation no, nobody, no that's not what it it's is. really just it's miserable all the way around i yes. mean this whole uh, brian christopher's passing is truly miserable all the way around you know uh joe uh was reported it on wrestling soup on twitter um, I think it was a little bit earlier than other people. You know, I'm not sure. There's yeah, it was. That, I, I'm sorry. But, but uh, Joe had a friend, you know, uh, that was close to Brian Christopher and uh, said literally that he had passed on that morning mm -hmm. and uh, on uh, the 29th and stuff like that. And obviously he posted it up on Twitter and people were in an outrage. You know, a lot of people thought, you know, fuck you. You guys are full of shit, blah, blah, blah. You know, more trolling by Wrestling Soup. And I'm like, ah, we don't do that. We've, we've never trolled about somebody being fucking dead ever like that's just not us but so i mean it started off with like a real fun foot there you know we didn't have the details and stuff like that when i talked with joey you know he didn't really have any inside information or anything like that just the idea that you know he's gone and uh then later later popped out that uh he hung himself while he was in jail mm -hmm. Um, from a was was it a DUI arrest that he was in jail for? Yeah, or? he. You know, it's it's sad because I don't know if I think it might have been episode twenty one of this week in wrestling history. There was a week recently where he got arrested a while back, and I was talking a little bit about his recent arrest. He had the arrest for evading, uh, trying to skip out of a hotel bill. He got an arrest for DUI, and the most recent one was a DUI and evading police. He's trying to avoid getting arrested, and they threw him in jail, and his b bail was set at $40,000. Right. Jerry Lawler decided not 
to bail his son out of the jail. Now, when I was told about this yesterday, I already knew what I was going to say today. And I, I compare what happened here to Ric Flair and Reed Flair. And Ooh. it's, uh, let me just say it like this. Yeah, no, go. All right. When Ric Flair was having problems with his son, Reed, Reed was shooting heroin. Reed was in a lot of trouble. There's an old DTKC episode, if you want to look it up. You know, we always have that infamous three faces of Foley. Sure. We did three faces of Flair. And it was right. three different mugshots of Reed Flair. And you see him deteriorating as each one goes on. And this was before he died. Yeah. And yeah. what we were hearing at that time was that every time he would fall, Ric Flair would be there to pick him up in a sense that he would tell law enforcement, go easy on my son, go easy on my son. I'll get, make sure he gets up, go easy on his son. And I always lived with the idea that sometimes you need to hit rock bottom in order to get up. And as we've discussed on breakfast soup in the past in 1988, well, I got thrown out of my house and for various reasons, I'm not going to get in over here again, but I had nowhere to go. My uncle took me in. But my uncle said to me, look, you can't stay here. His family was in Florida at the time. He's like, you got to make a decision. Yeah. I didn't have money to have my own place at the time. I was too young. Yeah. I signed up for the Navy. I signed up for boot camp because that was the only place that I could go other than a homeless shelter. None of my friends could take me in. So in 1988, I went into boot camp for the Navy and I hit fucking rock bottom. And I saw two people in in boot camp kill themselves out of fucking depression. I was fucking depressed. I saw the, the, the mental abuse. I was not ready for that. But it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me because I hit rock bottom and I never wanted to have that feeling ever again. And I got out of there. And yeah, over the years, I've had my moments here and there where I'm not the, you know, the, the, you know, the quintessential nice guy. And, you know, I get into a little bit of trouble here and there. But for the most part, though, the shit I was doing before never fucking happened again. So I needed, and I tell my father to this day that I thank him for throwing me out of the house. I needed to hit rock bottom. Ric Flair never let Reed hit rock bottom and eventually the guy overdosed. And right. I remember when the funeral happened and Ric Flair was thanking law enforcement for, you know, just just for doing their job. You know, I we we've always toyed around with, you know, if Ric Flair maybe did not keep having law enforcement bail out his son every time and let him hit rock bottom, maybe he could have saved himself. Yeah. Here in the case of Jerry Lawler, though, it's the opposite. And this is the thing that is sad, fascinating said. Jerry Lawler did what my father would have done for me, to me, what a lot of people's fathers would have done to them. I'm in fucking jail. I had a DUI. I stole something. I did this. I did that. My father would have said, uh -huh. he would have said, you know what? You fucking got yourself into this problem. You're getting yourself out of it. I'm not fucking bailing you out anymore. But what's sad about this, sad, 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 besides the suicide, is that Jerry Lawler did the opposite 
of what Ric Flair did, and they both ended up with the same outcome. Sure, Reed did not commit suicide, but he OD'd. Right. Brian Christopher hung himself because he couldn't handle, you know, being locked up and being in prison. So I'm now, can I ask you something yes, about this? Absolutely. I mean, while we're talking about the father son dynamic, over the years, I'm not sure if I read it in Jerry Lawler's book or if I read it somewhere else, but over the years, I, I'm pretty confident in saying that Brian Christopher had been in uh, uh, numerous uh, issues with the law. Yeah. And from what I understood, didn't Jerry Lawler try to help him back then? Absolutely. Yeah, so, look, I mean, this isn't a case of like, this is the first time he's been in jail. No, no. You remember he, when he got released from the WWE? Remember he went to, I think, the Canadian border and he had some type of narcotic on him or something? And, uh, all right, right, yeah, right. and WWE released him over it. You know, it, it's tough because a lot of people out there, you know, over the years, We've always were left that Jerry Lawler really didn't care about his son. Jerry Lawler was never there for his son. Jerry Lawler, this, this and that. And Jerry Lawler even did an our video shoot interview, and they discussed, you know, if he was there for his son. And Jerry Lawler explains that, look, you know, I didn't want him to come into wrestling under the Lawler banner because then he's got big shoes to fill and this, this and that. So if he's on his own as Brian Christopher, and I never want, you know, it just... But also in the same sentence, which was interesting because Jerry Lawler really wasn't asked this. Jerry Lawler in the same conversation, and I picked up on it, is that he's talking about his, uh, you know, just being in wrestling. And he said wrestling is really, really hard on a marriage. That he would recommend young people who are maybe a marriage, maybe you don't want to get into wrestling. And right. you and I have always joked for years and years and years that, you know, some of the things that I witnessed that I wouldn't dare get involved in a relationship with anybody that was in wrestling. So, you know, it seems like, you know, Jerry Lowell always being on the road, it obviously... Uh, I don't want to say destroyed, but it soured their marriage and he divorced his wife when Brian Christopher was around seven. So that marriage failed because of the road in the career. And, you know, that's why it's the perception that Jerry Lawler was never there for his son. But Jerry Lawler has been there for his son many times. This time, Jerry Lawler said, uh-uh, no more. Right. You got to hit rock bottom. And he would have done what I would have done, what my father would have did, and anybody else, for the most part, would have done, and his son still killed himself. It's so fucking sad. It's so sad because you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And I feel really, really bad for Jerry Lawler right now. I really, I feel bad for the whole family. The only thing I, I, I was curious about was why specifically this time why was it specifically this time that Jerry Lawler believed in tough love on Brian Christopher? The bail was forty thousand, so it was a pretty serious deal because of all the arrests. He, you, I'm not going to look it up, but if you want to do research and look up Brian Christopher's arrest history, sure, there, there, the, you could almost. I, I'm not trying to sound like a dick right now, but you could have almost a Brady Bunch photo. You know what I'm talking about? Where you have you know all the heads in the, on the screen and everything, the ending of the Brady Bunch show. That's how many... I'm not saying he had nine arrests, but he had a lot. Right. He had a lot. Okay. Okay. Well, that's what I was kind of curious about because nobody's really bringing up that point. Like, uh, I mean, obviously he was in trouble before, but what was it specifically about this time that Lawler kind of distanced himself from his son 
you know, I mean, obviously he was depressed. Brian Christopher was clearly depressed. Sure. Um, more than just being an addict, you know, I mean, he was an alcoholic. Clearly, if you're drinking while driving, I mean, with the can sitting in between your legs when the cop walks up to you, it's just kind of like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I just, I was just very curious at the mindset. Obviously, I don't think Lawler's kind of broken his silence yet, has he? No, and I don't think he will for a while. I think he'll thank everybody for the thoughts and prayers. Sure. I know he's not going to answer New Jack, which we will get into in a moment. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, <laughs> I... I I wanted to segue into New Jack for a reason because everybody that listened to what we just talked about, we have nothing but sympathy for that family. Sure. All right. Now, New Jack went on Twitter and New Jack basically uh, has been on the, the flip side of that. And the tweet that probably set off people the most, he wrote, and I quote, this may not set, sit too well with some of y'all, and I could give get less than two fucks, give less than two fucks, but I wrestled in USWA with Brian Christopher in 92, and he was a very little disrespectful fucker then, so fuck him and his daddy. For those of you who don't like my post, fuck you too. Now, this led to numerous tweets after, and a lot of people are going hard on New Jack, and you know people wanted our thoughts on it. That was some of the questions that came in. And my thought about it is this. It is notorious. New Jack has talked about it many times over the years that Jerry Lawler was racist towards him. He felt right. he was being racist towards him. And he has been consistent with that for a very, very long time. He has been consistent with the way that he felt about Brian Christopher all the time, all these time. So when you got... And I and I want people, I'm not trying to touch any nerves with race or anything like that, but for everybody out there who gets so upset and angry at Hogan for what he said and done, all right, here you have a black person that has hatred towards Lawler for 26 years, you know, feeling he, the guy was racist towards him. I'm not condoning what New Jack said, but since I'm not black and I would never been treated racist like that, and I don't have 27 years of that in me. So, you know, would I feel bad if someone who was racist towards me a long time ago was the biggest asshole towards me? Am I going to have sympathy if the guy died no matter what it was? I don't know. I can't answer that question. So as far as what New Jack said, I'm not condoning it. I'm not shitting on him. All I'm saying is, is that the guy has um, reasons that has been said for over two decades as to why he feels the way he feels. So it's not like he's just coming out of the woodwork and trying to be totally, you know, like a, like an asshole just to stir up shit. Well, in New Jack's eyes, this might be his his finally his like revenge to Jerry Lawler. Couldn't punch him in the mouth for being racist towards him. Couldn't sue him for being racist towards him. Couldn't curse him out for being racist towards him. So you know what? Let me put a couple of hard tweets out there and give him the figurative dagger in the heart. It's, and it's that's too what New much, dude. It's too fucking much. Look, I, I, I understand New Jack, you know, hates Jerry Lawler. You know, and maybe even hated Brian Christopher too. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. Um, 
But that's just kicking. Jerry Lawler's down, man. Kicking a dude when he's down like that and throwing it up in his face, you know, like, fuck your son and fuck you too. It's like, come on, man. That's just, you don't fucking do that. Look, you got a problem with him. Obviously, New Jack has aired his grievances hundreds of times through shoot interviews Mm -hmm. and, and whatever else. He's made it very clear that he doesn't like Jerry Lawler. But the one time you fucking reel it back in is when your son dies. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just reel it the fuck in. I'm not saying that New Jack had to be fake and said, oh, I'm really sorry. That's just He didn't have to say shit. He didn't have to say shit. I just think it's fucking disrespectful. And it just really shows what a fucking pig he is yeah. as a human. And uh, Boom Shakla in the chat room throws up a tweet, too, that Sabu kind of fucking piggyback the same kind of sentiment that uh, New Jack had, mm-hmm. saying that we should be celebrating. Mm. What the fuck is that, dude? Just yeah. shut the fuck up. Yeah. See, you know? I, 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 I'm taking no stance on this because, you know, I don't want to bring up here what we've talked about recently on Breakfast Soup, but there's somebody that, you know, personally was involved with a situation with my family. I told you my father beat the fuck out of and the guy disappeared. No, my father didn't fucking have him killed or anything. The guy got up and moved out of the... The, the bottom line is, is that I tried thinking of that person or thinking of anybody that I have an absolute deep, 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 deep hatred with for like decades, decades, and I really don't have anybody. But I tried to find somebody in my, pa- my past who I absolutely hated and said to myself, if that fucking person died today or if their son died today... Would I take the proverbial dagger and stab it and just put a little salt on the wound just to give him a little bit of pain? I don't know. I can't. I can't can't, say no. I can't can't look at the fucking mirror and respect yourself. I don't justify bad behavior. I don't justify justify irrational behavior with other people's irrational behavior. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. I've I've had. I've had somebody I fucking hated in my life and. And they had a tragic situation in which somebody passed. And you know what I did? I fucking, I, I, I walked up and I said, I'm sorry for your loss. And that was it. I probably would you know? quietly say, you know, fuck you. Good for you. But I, I probably wouldn't say it publicly. I probably would just keep that, it to myself. You know what? Like, it's one thing, like, if New Jack said that because fucking Jerry Lawler's, you know, uh, uh, car broke down. And he missed WWE and he got fired and, and and New Jack came on there and went, fuck you, Jerry Lawler. You deserve it. You deserve to be fucking unemployed, you piece of shit. Dude, I wouldn't have said a fucking word. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's a man-to-man level. That's, that's you know, you fucking give what you take. But to go after the dude when he lost his fucking kid, come on, yeah. man. It's just, I don't know. That's, yeah. there's just well, one thing. Well, one thing we could agree with. Um, neither one of us are black. Neither one of us have You're any black. What are you talking? Oh about? yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But you it know, is it yeah. is true. But um, what it is. But if also when you look at it, we don't have anybody who's been really, really hatefully racist towards us for over two decades. So we really can't relate to the situation. You know, I, 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 I don't think I would do what a New Jack would have done. 
But all I'm saying is, is that there must be some really deep underlining hatred that it, that oh, he's yeah, expressed I'm in shoot interviews, and this this was finally his release. That's what it felt like. Right. This was his oh, no, release. I'm not dismissing New Jack's hatred. I mean, the reasons that he hates Jerry Lawler. I mean, as, as uh, Smart Mark points up there, you know, Lawler did a lot of things. He was racist. He, you know, he held back people's paychecks. You know, he fucking starved wrestlers. Like he has a history of being not a nice guy. Well, you know, it's death that's on the, that. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, that, that's and, and that's just what we know about. Who knows about the shit between New Jack and Jerry Lawler that we don't know about? I just think fucking going after the guy's kid or going after him when his kid just passed. Yeah, it's it's too. It, that's the fucking line. That's right. the karma line or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I agree. If you and I were in the but right. but you know, you look at the opposite side. If you're going to give the ultimate verbal revenge or emotional revenge to someone, right. that's when you right. do it. You kick them when they're the most down that they could possibly be, and I don't think you get any further than that. You know, when Jerry Lawler had his heart attack, I don't remember New Jack saying too much about it, and I don't remember anybody even talking about it all at, at all. So this this was, you know, it was interesting. And like you said, now Sabu is kind of piggybacking on it. So there is some underlining stuff out there that we don't know about. And it's probably best that we just leave it alone. I'll throw this in there too. And I, and I love Joe. I mean, Joe numbers, obviously my co-host yeah. many, many years and stuff like that. And obviously has a solid opinion on this stuff. And he, he points out the fucking fact that Lawler is, is a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think me or you or, or mostly anybody is disputing the fact that Lawler's a piece of shit. It's just there's a certain time when you go for the throat and there's certain times you just leave it alone. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I think this is one of those scenarios. You continue the war a different day. You know what I mean? You, you, you wait a month or whatever after the after the guys in the fucking ground and then you can go back and be a you know fucking go at him and shit like that like i don't know man there's like certain points of war you fucking stop right you know and you just stop firing like today we don't fucking kill each other right and Still then you can move along and, and everything can continue fighting another day it just I, I just feel like these are one of those situations and i know you know like other people said he has bad karma jerry lawler has a lot of fucking you know things to answer for totally totally fucking agree but the reality is, is just this isn't one of those times. Right. That sadness, there's nothing you can say or do that's going to make his sadness any worse. Right. You know? Yeah, that's right. Uh, shout out to DJ White Sox and Zena Berry. Uh, we pretty much answered your question. AJ West wanted to know, you know, is enough being done to support wrestlers and ex-wrestlers with mental health issues? Can promotions or companies do any better? Now, I I'll tell you this much. Um, Mark Jindrak, Mark yeah. Colleone, He, for some reason, he's not getting any press right now. Something tells me by tomorrow, you'll see it everywhere. He fucking put WWE on blast today and said, you know, and the reason why he said it was an article that I had mentioned on Twitter a couple of days ago that, you know, some people saw. WWE put up recently like seven names you completely forgot were in WWE during Ruthless Aggression or something like that. It was yeah. one of the most retarded countdowns that they've ever done. And I wrote on Twitter, I said, no, WWE, we didn't forget about them. You forgot about them. Right. You know, you, you put Snitsky and Jindrak and others. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. you forgot them. We didn't forget about them. So anyway, Mark Jindrak basically took that and said, hey, WWE, and he was very, very explicit about it. He basically said, hey, WWE, how's about you fucking stop 
with ruthless aggression and start talking about ruthless depression. And, you know, he really got, he, he, no, but what he said was very, very powerful about that, that, you know, they don't do, do anything about depression and how's it about focusing on it. I'll be honest with you, to answer that question and talk about what Mark Jindrak says, I don't know what WWE else could have done in the case of Lawler or anybody else who was depressed. You know, you can't, you know, like we see these mass killings happen. And then you'll find out that this person was depressed or this person has no criminal history and this is and that. It, there might be some warning signs, but the, the person did not commit a crime. It's hard to, to have a court or anyone seize their weapons. If Jerry Lawler's son or anybody else that was in wrestling from Mike Awesome to others, God rest their souls, if they are clinically really depressed, even if they went on Twitter Tonight wrote, I'm heavily depressed. What do you think? WWE could fucking call, you know, the 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 funny house and say, hey, you gotta go to this person's house. You gotta lock them up. I don't think there's anything you really can do about it. I think this is more for family. You can have people in the inner circle, you know, maybe pay a little more attention to them and show them a little love and try to get them to possibly check and tell. But if you're a grown adult, you can't force, you know, Brian Lawler into into fucking, you know, rehab. Let's back it up for a moment. You know, and I see Joey, you know, saying that there's not enough people with depression. Dude, uh, Chris Chris Benoit, Chris Canyon. (laughs) These are people with a a lot of mental issues. Obviously, Chris Benoit is a a much deeper case because he had other kind of demons involved with him. But I, I don't necessarily think of... WWE needs to, you know, open up their arms and try and, you know, envelop all these guys that have been, you know, part of their system that might have some kind of mental issues or or any kind of like social anxieties and stuff like that. But if the option can be available, what's wrong with that? Right. I have nothing negative to say about it. Look, they they obviously try to help out people with any kind of addictions. They they put them in rehab and stuff like that. What Sonny's been two, three times already for WWE rehab. I think more than that. If, yeah. If they have the option, at least allow the option for them to go to some kind of psych, you know, uh, psychotherapy, you know, at least allow the option for some of these guys. And you're right. It might not necessarily be something directly as a result of WWE itself, but there's there's no I don't see anything harmful right uh, in any way for WWE to sit there and say, well, we do have. You know the option if you want to go to help. Or not. I'll you play not, not to force it on people. It's not like it's you know you leave WWE and all of a sudden you have fucking PTSD. Yeah, you but know? I'll I'll play devil's advocate to what Mark Jindrak said, and I'll play devil's advocate to everybody who's going to write blogs, do podcasts, do we- things on Twitter and social media and everywhere else that's going to talk about depression in the upcoming weeks because you will see person after person after person after person after person saying WWE doesn't do enough. This is not. Right. And everybody's just be like, you know, we need to focus more on depression than just just drug rehab. And there's a more underlining reason that maybe the people are taking drugs because they're depressed. And maybe we need to uh, treat the depression before we treat the drugs or or treat the depression before it turns to drugs. Everything I just said, I think every single person listening will say, yeah, I agree 100%. Here is the million dollar question to Mark Jindrak, anybody else that's tempted to write a blog, do a podcast, write a column. Do an article in a paper. Yeah. And if you're going to do that, you need to also post. What can WWE actually do? 
Because Mark Indrak never said that. And that's the problem that a lot of people do. It's very easy to say, we need to treat this. We need to cure this. We need to address this. Well, how do you do it? How do you have... Now, my answer... I'll give my answer quick. My answer would be that WWE should send a letter to all former employees, and maybe they've done this already. We don't know. I'm not 100% sure. They could have very well have done this already. I know that there's copies of the letters out there that they've sent to people in the past about wellness and drug rehab and this and that. If they haven't done it already, they need to amend that letter, send it to all the former people and say, look, if you need counseling, if you need somebody to talk to, if you need this and that, please contact us and we will direct you. We will help you get some type of assistance. There has to be mental wellness, not just physical wellness. That's Other than that, if WWE sends that letter to Brian Lawler or anybody else and they choose not to take it up, you can't blame WWE. You can't blame anybody else. I think it's the only thing that WWE could do. Offer it. Offer it in writing. And it's up to the people that want to take them up on it. And I got news for you. Going for counseling, it's got to be cheaper than going into alcohol rehab where you're in a in a in some type of a house, you know, that you're forced to, you know, clean, unmedicate yourself. You know, it's, they're not going to, like, lock you up in an institution. You're going to go to counseling every, every day or every other day or whatever it is. You know, maybe if somebody's really to the point of suicide, maybe, you know, they do go to a hospital. But sure. WWE, in my opinion, if they haven't done it already, that's what they need to do. And if people don't take them up on their offer, you can't force someone, an adult, to go no. get and help. That's, and that's exactly where I was kind of going with it, too. I'm not saying that this is, like, mandatory that WWE just kind of scrubs up every single person that's ever worked for the company and puts them through, like, you know, the mental meat grinder. Yeah. But I think at some point, if you allow the option for people to sit there and say, look, I've got a problem. I don't have a way of dealing with it right now. I'm, you know, I used to work with the WWE. You know, because, okay, look, the reality is, is, and, and you know, them dealing with the substance abuse problems and drugs and the pain pills and stuff like that from the years of working uh, in the independence and WWE and stuff like that. The fact that WWE covers that, like the, the physical backlash onto these wrestlers bodies is fucking great. Mm. The fact that they give that option is great to help them recover and recuperate and, and basically rehab their, their lives. But there's gotta be something said mentally too, for these kids. Now I'm not saying that, you know, this makes WWE fiscally responsible for, you know, whatever happens to these guys after they leave WWE. But, I mean, if there's a point where somebody has a tragic story, you know, they just lost their wife or they just lost their kid and they're fucking depressed and they haven't wrestled in 20 years or whatever else like that, but they did wrestle with WWE and they have no other options. I mean, where is the harm in at least having an opening saying, you know what, we got you. I got news for you. WWE now is making hundreds of millions of dollars more than they made a couple of years ago. So that means they're going to be paying millions and millions and millions and millions and tens of millions of dollars more in taxes. They're I know I fucking money right so, now, aren't so, they? Right. So you know what? You offer that, you have more taxes, you'll have a bigger write-off because you can write off some of this expense for counseling. WWE, this was 1994, and the future of WWE was unknown and the financial problems of this and that, then you know what? You got to worry about keeping your business alive than keeping other people alive. I hate to say it, but that's the way it is. But the amount of money WWE's making right now, just even even if you want to be cold and just, that's good PR. Let's
Fox. Hey, Do rumor, it. You know, rumor yeah. has it they just signed some kind of a deal with Fox where they made a couple of the dollars. Yeah. So you know what? Even if you're just doing it for the PR standpoint, get that fucking letter out tomorrow. Brian BK, I contacted you on Patreon for what you had mentioned. So please take a look at that. We will get cleared up in uh, yeah, you know man. what you had asked us to do for you. So it's it's uh-huh. all good. And Blue Nose ninety one, my sincere apologies, my friend. Uh, I actually wrote on a community section of Patreon. I actually avoided that area because early on the community section was filled with non patrons who were trolling. So oh. I I didn't even realize that that. It's almost like a little message board where we could all interact with each other. You don't need just sure. a thread. So, yeah, that right. community board, we're going to be opening up. And everybody listening, if you want to sign up on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Don Tony. Kev Castle is going to be doing his solo show, Castle Chronicles, this Thursday. So if you sign up for that, you could go uh, check that out. Um, also, probably next week, I'm going to start doing the regular video blogging. I, I, I did episode one of Much Ado About Nothing, and I'm going to be doing more. Uh, people gave me a whole shitload of ideas from recording, you know, visiting, revisiting Scumbag Alley, where I used and to don't go. Forget, don't forget, Don Tony mentioned it here tonight, that if Brock Lesnar retains on Monday night, you get to see him wear pasties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, you know, I, I want to say this, too, because I saw some people writing some shit on Twitter trying to bait me into wars with people and stuff like that. When I get no, vocal... Twitter. Uh, yeah, All tw- the fucking world. Listen, 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 no. listen. I've been doing. I've been a wrestling fan since 1979. I've been doing podcasts and hotlines since 1997. Okay, I love fucking wrestling. All right, there ain't no fucking one person in this world that's going to ruin me as a wrestling fan. I don't give a flying fuck about Roman Reigns. When Roman Reigns is on my TV, I legitimately will go get something to eat. Go take a piss, turn the computers on, make sure everything is working properly. I'll listen in the background of what's going on, but I don't give a fuck about this guy. All right. As a wrestling fan, and since there is 150,000 plus that to, that download the Don Tony and Kevin Castle show, and the biggest storyline is Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, a title that WWE royally fucked up. And as adults, as adults, we see that, you know, the people that are starting the fire in WWE, the people that are trying to put out the fire in the WWE are the same fucking matarazzas that started the fire in the first place. Just because I get vocal or I get loud or I get yeah. passionate or if I power talk, as some people call it, I don't give a flying fuck about Roman Reigns. He, I, I'm a fucking wrestling fan. I mean, the people out there that think that I'm getting all my balls in a bunch, do you realize that I've been fucking energetic on these shows? I don't just come up here. Uh, yeah. what? I fucking try to have energy on this show Passion and try to have fun. The Roman Reigns. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about Roman Reigns. I don't hate the man personally. You and I, you and I on Breakfast Soup last week just had the conversation. Is Roman yeah. Reigns a decent wrestler? And I went on Breakfast Soup and said, for WWE, Roman Reigns is a good wrestler. Roman sure Reigns. Did. I defended Roman fucking Reigns on Breakfast Soup till no end and you would would took the opposite stance of it all right i don't yeah, fuck I, it but i <laughs> i'm not interested in roman reigns but right. when i see that the fucking we're, we're doing a show right after raw 
And when the heavyweight title on Raw, which is a universal title, is just totally destroyed, and I'm watching the people who destroyed the belt are the ones that are trying to repair what they destroyed, I'm not going to get vocal about it. Would you like for me to call... This is DT from Howard Beach, and here is your WWE Raw results in the opening match tonight. No Way Jose took on uh, Titus O'Neil to a no contest in 4 minutes and 17 seconds. Then we had a promo from blah, 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 blah. Fuck you. Fuck you. You know, people want to be fucking human, audible versions of wrestling shows. I'm going to just read. I'm going to read. I'm going to read. Slowing down I'm, because of destruction tonight. Uh, Aki Weather says we've got a storm coming in. We all fucking love wrestling. Every single one of you, every single one of us, I totally respect everybody out there that loves Roman Reigns. I totally respect everybody out there that disagrees with everything that I say entirely. That's yeah. the difference between a lot of other people and us. That's why when I say Don Tony, Kevin Castle, Mish, Joey Nubbins, John Draper, our shows... Are, are nothing than anything else out there. I really mean it. Every single one of us has a difference of opinion. I fucking yeah. love, I love the fact that Kevin Castle disagrees on about 80% of what we talk about recently. It's your dynamic. It's a That's dynamic. It, yeah. I, it, it, I love that we fucking disagree. It makes the, 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 the idea is, is that it, I want to get my point across even more. He wants to get his point across even more. And everybody listening, you don't take somebody's side because I'm a dick. You don't take fucking Ke my side because Kevin is is whatever. You know, you take the person's side because you agree with the person. I I don't know, man. I think uh, I think you need to contact WWE about some mental health there, DT. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. By the way, by the way, why would I shout out Solo Monster? Solo Monster is a friend of of all of us here, and Solo Monster is good people, and he's and he's a yeah. great guy. He's not the DTKC Show Soup family. He's a friend of us, but then I bring him up. Then I got to bring this person up. Then I got to bring that. I only hey, care about what Solo, we do. What happened? Why is Solo being brought up? Would you? Uh, people are like, oh, you didn't talk about Solo Monster in this oh, sense. Please. Don't worry about that. Just, people are just doing that to bust your balls. I know. We I know. love Solo. Let's right? get into some women's stuff because we got right. a whole bunch of Patreon questions from women. And I love this fucking question from Tony Lopez. Do we think the WWE infantizes some of the female talent on the main roster? And for everybody out there that's going to say, what the hell does infantizes mean? I love that fucking word. Infantize, infantizes means the WWE treats the women like children, like you know, like immature children. You know what I mean? Like they, like the, the men are treated like this, but the women are treated like this. Do you think they do that? Of course they do. You you can really tell by a lot of the storylines that, you know, some of the men's storylines have some real depth. They have some real connection to, you know, other wrestlers, connections with the fans and stuff like that. But a lot of the women's storylines are very topical. And over the years... Women were regulated to like putting matches, you know what I mean? Hair pull matches, just what they're even allowed to do from yesteryear even to today. I think it's gotten much better, mm -hmm. but we haven't broken that fucking mold yet. Not WWE, anyways. Yeah, you know, they I, give I think the they, perception, they, but right, they've they've done some solid steps, like the intergender matches that they had on Facebook and stuff like that. I think that was a nice positive step in that direction, at least. In that factor, I know that there's a lot of people that fucking hated it, hated it, and that's fine. But at least it was a step in, in a direction where they were trying to give women 
more than what they believed or what they've been giving the persona that they were capable of. Right. So does WWE treat women like children sometimes? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, is it as bad as it was in 1999? No, no, it's nowhere near as bad. Honestly, so. I, I'm not trying to sound like a jerk in any way. I think the WWE was less treated the women less infantized. They they were less infantizing towards the women in 99 because they let the women sometimes brawl with the guys. They would let Lita get, you know, a couple of some beat down from Steve Austin. They would ha- let maybe Lita- a little fur- maybe a little further up. When when they started really getting heavy into like the divas competitions and you'd have the girls yeah, at that point is when they're, and yeah. shit. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Look, dude, I love TNA as much as the next guy. I'm not talking about the promotion, but at some point you're like, okay, so we have women out here that have absolutely no brain function whatsoever. Right. Totally. You know, right. So totally. Agree. Jason That's Allen. One of the reasons I can't fucking stand Maria and I'm not trying to go on a Maria rant, but that was Maria's role was, was to be the child uh, that WWE wanted, and that's why she became so popular in the company. I thought she was the female Eugene. I always thought she was. Yeah, she she definitely was a female Eugene. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Jason Jay- Allen, little echo there. Jason Allen. Uh, he brought up like, do we have any idea what the main event for Evolution could be? And he also brought up the idea of Rousey versus Charlotte. You know, remember, there's going to be a WrestleMania <laughs> women's big women's match. I don't know if they get a, you know blow their load with their planned WrestleMania match at the women's pay-per-view. But I'll say this. It's too early to tell what the main event will be because I still think Io Shirai may have a big factor in this. I hope they bring her up in the next month. I think if she gets on the momentum quickly, she could have a major impact on that show. I also think the possibility of Sasha versus Bayley you know, taking place at Evolution is a possibility. I don't think it's simply let's just pair women every way we possibly can so there would be a tag team tournament. But um, I threw this idea up online. You know what? If you're going to have a big grudge match between Sasha and Bayley at Evolution, whether it's Cage, no holds, you know, falls count anywhere, I don't think you would go hell in the cell. I don't don't think do that. Well, I'm yeah. just saying, if you did, why not have Mick Foley ref it? Mick Foley's been one yeah. of, if not the most outspoken supporter of the women in, for many, many years, especially the last bunch of years. You know, just because it's, an, it's a women's pay doesn't mean you can't have some men involved with it. You know, don't, don't you think it would be a little ridiculous if there isn't a sight of man anywhere? <laughs> There's no, no testicles allowed? Come on. I like uh, Joey Numbers' uh, idea for the main events. The main events of uh, Evolution will be the uh, the entire women's roster, DT, versus their boyfriends. Roman Reigns? Trying to decide where to eat for dinner. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know what? Maybe have, maybe have lipstick on a pole match. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? The idea of Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey could totally work. Um, but the one real idea that I'm, I'm kind of messed up on and I see a lot of conflicting you know, uh, opinions or rumors or whatever else that, like that's going on. Mm. Is the pay-per-view going to be three hours or four hours? Uh, you know what? It'll be three hours with a pre-show. Okay. I, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised. You know what? I take that back. I think it'll be... It'll start at 7. I think it may end at like 10.30. So I think it'll be like three and a half hours because because I what I plan on I think is going to happen too. I think they have to do this. They have to do a segment 
where because a lot of legends events have done this over the years they need to have a segment where you just have someone bring uh, announce 10 20 people you know 10 20 women you know you bring them to the you know to, to the stage just right. to acknowledge them maybe similar to when they bring the hall of fame inductees on the stage at oh, wrestlemania that there's going to be an intermission with susan coleman you know what I mean? It could like, be. I, I already see that. But but I will say this, and I will stick to this. This event will sell out. This event will have enough solid matches on there where it's not going to look like a joke. This will end up being a major, major success. Will WWE overemphasize it and make it look like the, you know, the fucking first time ever to women at a pay-per-view? No. I mean, you know, they're not, I mean, yes, they're going to really hype. This is the most unbelievable thing ever, right. you know, but yeah, it's WWE fucking pandering to themselves and the PR and it, it just, they're putting, as long as you enjoy what you're seeing on TV, let WWE bask in their glory. I mean, just let them fucking be and just enjoy what you're watching. Sure. The end of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in it. I totally am. I've always been a very strong proponent for women's wrestling, you know. I'll I mean, give the, I, I'll give as, as you know, uh the men's wrestling yeah. a lot of the times. But I, I I just don't know because it's coming out of the blue. Like when you expect I don't think it's as out of the blue as we as you think. I think WWE had this plan for a while. No, it and is I don't a, and I don't think that this blue. is Okay, let me explain what I mean by that. Okay, you're right. WWE probably has had this plan for a long time and they've thought about exactly where they could place it. You know, uh, where it would be at the best point where, you know, October is, is the month for it, obviously, because of the Coleman and breast cancer awareness and everything mm -hmm. else like that. So clearly they've had some thought into this. It's not like, oh, by the way, October, we ain't got nothing to do. Let's make a women's pay-per-view. No, I, I believe that they were thinking about it for a while. The issue that I have isn't necessarily that the fact that you're having an all women's pay-per-view. It's the fact that there's nothing leading up to it. No storylines. Everything is such a fucking mystery. It, it, it'll to the it'll point happen. We don't even know how long the pay-per-view will still get. Up let's get through SummerSlam first. All right. It'll happen. It, you know, it's still months and months away. It'll happen. I think everything will fall into place and I don't think in any way shape or form that WWE did this because of the Saudi Arabia thing. This was something building for a while. And if you actually go back and you look at certain statements and tweets and things discussed, it's been a couple of years where somebody will th blurt out there, you know, there should be a women's pay-per-view. You know what? There should be women's tag titles. Becky Lynch is that. A lot of women have done that. Hey, you know what? Wouldn't it be cool if we did this? That idea. That, that's the, the big rumor. It could very that. well be. I mean, is but. The all women's pay-per-view has been a Nikki Bella idea. It's possible. I got a question for you, because this is how I interpreted it. Last week, when they announced the women's pay-per-view, they announced, right. it, just correct me if I'm wrong, they announced that Trish Stratus was going to appear. They sure. announced Lita. They announced three people. Was it Trish, Lita, and Beth Phoenix? Yes. Okay. Correct. I'll tell you, Beth Phoenix, she's the wild card on this, okay? Keep in mind, WWE's already announced Beth Phoenix was going to be there. Right. I think WWE put a poll on their website to troll AJ Lee. Oh, I'm sure. I, 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 I don't doubt that they constantly want to make her feel like shit. I, I think it's all petty crap. Nobody's paying attention to this aspect, but I am. WWE put up a poll over the weekend asking which former superstar you would like to see to return for Evolution. 
And the choices were Jackie, Eve Torres, Summer Rae, Layla, Alondra Blaze, Molly, Tori Wilson, Stacey Keebler, Michelle McCool, AJ Lee, Kelly Kelly, and Beth Phoenix. <laughs> Kelly Kelly. Yeah, and Beth Phoenix. <laughs> Mish, why would you put Beth Phoenix in this poll if you already announced her? Right. Oh. Now, Mickey James has been teasing the idea of her and Trish having one more match. Why isn't Trish on this poll? And I think wow. I think I know the reason why. Hmm. I think WWE did this poll with the intentions that they knew AJ Lee would get the most votes and she will likely be the one that's not there. Right. You know, cuz cuz again, why would you put Beth Phoenix on there but not put She's Trish saying- Dude, the one thing I can definitely say about AJ Lee is she's she's a good woman who stands by her man. Right. You want to? You know, you want to I don't them? think they've forgotten the fact that you know they serve walking papers on their wedding day. Yeah. You know that that shit kind of sticks with you. And if there's no apology, go fuck yourself. Yeah. You know they they're not hurting. They're they're in the middle of filming. What is it like a horror movie they're into now? Yeah. That both of them, like AJ Lee and CM Punk, are supposedly doing something with some kind of horror movie. Yeah. I think so, I think CM Punk may even be on a, some type of a TV series. I think there was just a little teaser for that. Dang. I got I have to look it up. I have to look it up. But you want to hear the results of this poll so far? Yeah, let's go, go okay. for it. Last place with one percent of the vote, Jackie. Jacqueline. Nah, that's that's kind of sad, but our, I, I understand it. I understand it. Next to last place with two percent of the vote, Alondra Blaze. Layla, wow. yeah, Layla, Summer Rae, and Eve Torres. Oh. Wow. Okay. Uh, Alundra kind of throws me off a bit. That's who I, I voted for, by the way. Yeah. I, I did, On this poll, I voted for Alundra Blaze. Wow, she's such a strong woman's component, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if you want to talk about fucking uh, women getting their due in wrestling and stuff like that, she's kind of been beating those fucking walls for a while. Yeah. So the fact that the fans are like, eh, fuck her. You know, it's just like, really? All right. Whatever. Next with three percent of the vote, Tori Wilson and Molly Holly. Three percent from Molly Holly. Yeah, Holy Molly God. Holly would would have been my if Alondra Blaze wasn't on this poll, I would have chose Molly Holly. Wow. Okay. All right. Here, it gets better. With four uh. percent of the vote, Stacy Keebler and Michelle McCool. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Michelle McCool only four percent of the vote. Yeah. Next with I get fi- it, but hmm. next with five percent of the vote, Beth Phoenix and Kelly Kelly. How much did Beth Phoenix get? Five percent. And Kelly Kelly got five percent. Yes, that's <laughs> that's why <laughs> that's why I say, why the fuck did you put Beth Phoenix in this poll? You left, you would have left her in the category that Trish, Lita, and Beth Phoenix are returning. Now you fucking expose it in the WWE universe that only five percent of the fans really want Beth Phoenix there. If, if anything, that probably makes Beth Phoenix feel like shit. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. Why do I sound like Roddy Piper all of a sudden? I was like, thank you. <laughs> you know, no, but um, anyway, so that leaves AJ Lee, who got 69% of the votes. <laughs> wow. I, when I saw that result, I thought about it and I said, you know what? WWE fucking probably put this poll up simply to just troll AJ Lee, knowing that she would get the unbelievable, overwhelming amount of votes. I just don't understand why the fuck you would have put Beth Phoenix in that poll. <laughs> unbelievable. Hey, they, they, the guy probably writing the poll that was told to write the poll was probably told to put the name in there. there, there I, I don't, I, it's, yeah. I, look, 
I, I criticize a lot of places. I, I know that I have a lot to, to, you know, to learn too. But there are some real morons working on the WWE website. And there's, they must have some really, really young 20-something-year-old interns that know virtually nothing about fucking history that are putting That's shit like up. Rid of, uh, Joey Styles, man. Yeah. You know, and you know what? This is not because I'm a gigantic fan of Joey Styles, but you could see how that website has really turned in. You know what it feels like? I get the same feeling with these dumb, f I'm sorry if you like them, I don't know if you do or you don't, but I get the same feeling when I see these goddamn dumb, retarded, moronic, stupid, dopey, what culture uh, countdowns that are on fucking YouTube. I don't even know. I don't even compare it to what culture. I compare it to those clicky bait fucking wrestling sites. And you, they, they have a, a title like Braun Strowman might be dead if he doesn't face Roman Reigns. And like, you know yeah, what I mean? but, you it's know, like, that's the kind of shit that I get from WWE now. Like you have to click the link like, what do you mean Braun Strowman's dead? And you go on there and there's like 100 fucking advertisements <sighs> that pop up on your phone. Oh, it's horrendous. I legitimately want to drink my own piss before I, I fucking watch a What Culture countdown. I was, I some, tra, you know, Travis Charley gave us a question asking us who we thought were the worst NWO members of all time. So I wanted to get the list of every member so I can, you know, digest it and come up with my own list. And first thing I see is What Culture. And they do a fucking countdown. And on this countdown is Ravishing Rick Rude, Bret Hart. And I'm saying to myself, wait a minute. You put them on the fucking list, but you don't put David Flair or Disco Inferno. No disrespect to Disco Inferno. I just don't think that they were great in the NWO. Horace Hogan, Big Bubba Rogers, Michael P.S. Wall Street, whatever the fuck. You don't put those fucking names, but you put Bret Hart. Uh, there was just some ridiculously dumb fucking because, names. You know what it is, but that's it, what culture has. It's not made for the diehards. It's never been made for the diehards. It's really there to catch up the filthy casuals. You oh. know what, what culture is? It, it's it's like elementary school. I got my what toolbox next to me. I feel like wrestling fans grade one through six. I, I feel like. I have my toolbox next to me, right? I feel like taking a hammer and just pounding myself in the foot right now. <laughs> I think I would have more fun doing that than fucking these. What's the purpose of them putting these polls up when they don't fucking it's know any of the history? No, DT, DT, you know that. Oh. You're at a different level, man. Dude, you're a wrestling fan since They fucking put mood on the list. I'm like, I do you even fucking understand where NWO came from, you idiots? Anyway. It's not. It, it's their lists are not for diehards. <sighs> what culture wrestling is not for diehard fans, and it's not a knock to them. At least not from my opinion. It's not a knock, but it's not for the diehard fans. It's not for the people that watch independence. It's not for people that have been following WWE since the '80s and, and beyond. It's not for people that saw WCW live on television. It's for the people that aren't connected with WWE's history. And want so to let know. me take a piece of history and show that I'm ignorant of it, and I'll just post it anyway because there are other people ignorant out there. Dude, I I agree with that's, you. That's that's what you're saying. Elementary, it's elementary me, school. You, you know what? If Kev what is, is if Kev is listening or rocked or anything else, tomorrow I'm doing a top ten countdown of fucking death metal. <laughs> but then, no, but here's the difference. They're trying. Okay, like the people that are supposed to be going to what culture are teenagers. 
I imagine oh. that a majority of the, the majority of their traffic, I don't know, but I would assume that a majority of what culture traffic to their videos, to the website and everything else is probably kids from nine to, to 16. Why That's would, nine, why would kids nine to 16 care about the NWO? They don't. They want to know more about wrestling and what culture gives them pretty horrible information. No, but I mean, look at well. No, it's it's like all those fucking fast food facts. Like back in the day, yeah, we would true. get them. That's okay. exactly what it is. It's fast food wrestling facts. Okay. Yeah, man. Um, ben Salmon, what current WWE women star without media already out there? Uh, so we can't include Charlotte or Page. Do we imagine would make the worst, most depressing porn tape? And who would have the best porn tape? Wait, so what? basically what Ben Salmon is asking us is that excluding any women who has footage already out there of them nude, who do we think would have the best porn tape and the worst porn tape? I don't know, man. I, I mean, pick Mickey James, huh? <laughs> I don't know. It's see, it's, you know, it's, I, uh, it's Caitlin. Caitlin needs to be doing some kind of a porn. Yeah, tape. I could. I could see that. She is. Oh, dear Lord, that woman is thick. You know, I, I never liked her when she first came around. I am impressed with her physique. I don't know if WWE would allow her to wear what she's posing in some of these pictures. And some of them look like they could be wrestling outfits. Um, Honestly, I don't mean to sound like a dick. I'd get rid of Dana Brooke and put Caitlyn in her place. You know, as far as like that strong built, you know, oh, yeah. you know, physique woman. I, I'm not saying the other women don't have physiques, but no, I think for depressing, I think a lot of people would find this depressing. But I think it would also be kind of good. I think uh, a Tamino porn, where where it's titled "I Found My Pocket." Oh, you know, like that would, uh, come on, come on, Tamina. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> she. You know what? Shout out to Tamina. I don't no disrespect. I don't mean it personal, but uh, she did make my list. Andy Blanco, yeah. all right. I I don't know, you know, what other people out there. Now, my suggestion, everybody out there, go on WWE's website, click the superstar section, and go through the list before <laughs> you you take what I say too literally. Yes, all right, but Andy Blanco, you know, wanted us to do do the bus flip. And I know for everybody out there that loves soup, knows what the bus flip is and everything, but Andy gave us an ultimatum. Main roster only. We have to choose 15 people that you would have to let go in the WWE. You can't choose 10. You can't choose five. You have to choose 15 from the main roster. So, again, some of the names I choose, some people are going to be like, are you out of your fucking mind? You go out there, and it, you know, anybody listening on the download, you could pause this, go on WWE.com, make up your top 15 list, and then listen to what we get into. All right? Sure. So I, I, I'll get into my list. You Tell me you agree, disagree, if you have any other names on the roster. Sure. Uh, sure. Here's who I chose. And let me say, it wasn't easy to come up with 15. I will tell you that there are... Five people on here that I would have kept. Yeah. If it was a top 10, I would have left out five people. I'll tell you the people who I would have left out, but I put them on this list to make 15. Ty Dillinger I'd get rid of. 
Ty Dillinger, nice guy, talented. Nothing about him stands out. Need to make him a clown or something or a lackey to get anything, any type of buzz at all. You know, if you take away 10, chop off his hands, and he can't do 10 anymore, <laughs> you, you don't have anything else. You don't have anything else. The only thing about 10, 10, the perfect 10. The, that's all there is about him. Nothing personal. If I had a top 10 instead of top 15, I would have kept Ty Dillinger on the roster. But since it's top 15, he's gone. Next, yeah. On, yeah, next on my list, who I would have kept also, because but since it's 15, he's gone too. Lince Dorado. Oh, Lince, yeah. You know, one, they have two, one too many masks there. You know, too many masks. You know, I, I like, you know, uh, Sin Cara. You know, Callisto, I actually, I still don't like Callisto. I actually get hard when I hear him screaming and crying, you know, in storyline and pain. I, I don't mean that literally. I don't get a legit erection. It's the mental erection. You know, I don't like Callisto. I did feel bad. Don't rag for Callisto. I did feel bad when he got hit with the water bottle. I will say that. I did. I'm not that. But I just, I never liked Callisto. He, you know, he's just the, the you know, the, just the lucha thing and you know what was he the los jabadores no what well, that was the other guys no he was the um, what would i used to call him he would always screw up i used to use a different term for him i can't remember who it was i can't remember what i used to call him botch something oh, oh the botch of oh, dragons botch of dragons yeah, yeah the botch of dragons yeah so lince dorado i would let go next uh two i would let go and again, if this was a top 10, I, I would have kept them. Connor and Victor. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of just collecting a paycheck. I mean, there's a lot of guys on here that are collecting paychecks. Yeah. You know, Heath Slater. Look, I, I love Heath Slater collecting a paycheck. Rhino. Love Rhino. Love Rhino collecting a paycheck. You know what I mean? Just. Mm. Yeah. And why would I have kept them if it was a top 10? Because I think Connor and Victor, you could go a little bit further with the comical stuff. And you need a little bit of, you know, comedy. And, and they're still young enough where, you know, you kind of think of the B team. But, you know, I'm not saying that they're the same thing. But you need a B team like that, like on the roster at all times. I think Connor and Victor could fit that role. But for now, we get rid of them. Oh, and, and I really want to point this out real quick. Dude, there's nothing wrong with dudes making money. I have nothing against sure. it. But, I mean, if you're talking about cutting out the fat of people that uh, aren't really making a difference on the main event on television. They're not actually involved in any of the storylines for whatever reason, whether it's WWE's fault or they're injured, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's kind of my point. If, if there's nothing left for them or there's not much left that you can do with them and you ha and, and we're, we're being forced, we're yeah. told that we have to get rid of 15 people. So mm -hmm. it's not like yeah. WWE is going to get rid of these guys. They're just giving us the option. If we had control of the actual roster, which 15 people would get rid of. And I mean, you have to objectively look at it like, well, who's sucking up air? Right. It's true. The last person of the five that I would have kept, but they have to go because it's a 15 list. Yeah. yeah Kurt yeah. Hawkins. I, yeah. I know they have this, you know, perfect streak, lost every time. You know, sooner or later, he's going to win a match. And then what do you do? Right. You get all of a sudden give him a winning streak. You know, what? It, I, as much as. I like Kurt Hawkins the most out of the 15 that are on this list. Oh, yeah. But you take away that losing streak, 
what do you really have? I, I would love for WWE to utilize him a little bit better. And that leads to, to the next person on my list, Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder, woo, 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 internet thing. I think, you know, that's... Pretty, Dude, all right, let me ask you a question. And, and I don't think I've ever brought this up with you before, even talking on Breakfast Soup and stuff like that. Do you think Zack Ryder would do better if he was away from WWE? And the only reason I bring that up is because when he started his YouTube show and he had his own little thing going, it got really popular. Mm -hmm. And now that WWE owns his show and everything that he does, and obviously his character has been completely off of TV and completely worthless for a while now. And I know he's on TV here and there, but I mean, for the most part, he's not making any difference. Do you think Zack Ryder could technically reinvent himself if he was gone from WWE? Like if there's anybody that had an opportunity to do it, in my opinion, I think Zack Ryder actually has a chance. I don't know what he would do. I agree with you 100%. But I, yeah. You know why? Because he would be hungry. He would be forced to. If he wants to get a paycheck somewhere else, he would have to do something. So right well, now... I mean, wrestling. Like, I mean, I, I could see Zack Ryder kind of doing his own show. Well, like that's a, what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah if yeah. he's gone, he's got to come up with some type of income and, you know... I'm sorry a, a patron show is probably not going to be enough for him you know you know i'm saying like a lot of people think oh I'll do a patron oh it's i love that. it phil phil is saying bullet club zach <laughs> bullet club. you know what I, I i'm not saying he would be good in the bullet club but i've seen stranger shit happen over the years in wrestling yeah. i've seen transformations of people that you would never in a million years the one that always blows me away to this day that I honestly thought was going to go so much fucking further and it never did when Alex Wright became Berlin. Oh, I, you know what? I was kind of, I was close with you there. I was thinking about Vincent in the NWO. Well, he's on a different list. We'll get into a little bit later, but. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right, yeah. all right uh, next on my list, Tamina. It's time. No, you can't get rid of Tamina. Yeah, it's time. What's the matter with you? Yeah, it's time. She is constant entertainment. You're crazy. Yeah, I, that I, woman looks for pockets like a professional. I have never seen anybody in WWE stare into a camera with such professionalism like Tamina uh, does. I smell sarcasm <laughs> coming from your area. I know we're supposed to hear each other. I didn't know I could smell you through the computer. It oh, smells like yeah. sarcasm. <laughs> um, next on my list, Sarah Logan. I think everybody yeah. expected that. You know, ah, that's what that's what she does. She sl <laughs> they they look at each other. You ready? Let's all slap the ring. Let me put a little extra mascara. Let me fucking talking gibberish because I'm really down south and you know, we you know, you you, you like a gamey? I mean, please. I I don't care <laughs> I don't care what she does behind the scene. If she does great shit for WWE behind the scenes, let her work behind the scenes. Yeah. It just she brings nothing on TV to the table, and someone out there will probably say, "Wow, he's getting all upset about Sarah." I don't fucking get upset at these people. I talk loud, whatever. Next on my list, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. Get rid of fucking oh. both of them. You know what they? You know what this? That told me. That but told before, me. But not before they do a WWE sanctioned Brazzers tape. You and I kind of teased this on the last Breakfast Soup. Mm. that it seems like WWE is more concerned about signing people from you know certain parts of the world than actually with their ability. And I'm sure. sorry to Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, but you know what they look like? I have, I talked about this, kind of wrote about it on Twitter today. 
I think there's some people out there that don't realize that when they like pictures on Twitter mm-hmm. and and you follow them or they fo- you follow you or something, they, that the other people could see what you have liked. And oh. I've noticed for quite some time now, and, you know, I brought it to, to, to attention because even Saturday it happened again with my girlfriend. My girlfriend doesn't use Twitter. She happen, I happen to be on Twitter looking at my stuff. I'm, all, I'm going down my feed. My, my girlfriend slaps me in, in the head. I mean, really slaps me hard. And I was like, what the fuck you doing? She's mm. like, why are you following these, these fucking underage yes. girls? And, I, and, yes. yeah. and I'm like, what are you talking about? You, why are you following these underage girls? Who is that? And I'm like... I'm not following them. That's not my fucking... Are you on your page? Yes. So why is this fucking girl on your wall? And then I showed her. I was like, wait a minute. I followed this person on Twitter. That person liked that girl's photo. So right. it shows up on my feed. So she not, now she understands it. But she's even angrier now because she's like, why are you following these creeps on Twitter? And I'm like, well, you know, there's some people that if I if I get rid of them, then, you know, they get oh, a no. I, I wasn't sure where you were going with that because, you know, uh, my woman does the same thing. She sees me following, you know, uh, hot girls like Tamina and stuff like that. And she's like, why are you following this girl? Well, I'll, I'll tell you where I'm going with this with Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Yes, sir. So there, there are some people I follow that do like women's pits all the time. But these are girls in their 20s mid-20s, late-20s, fine. No issues with that. I'm not talking about 20-somethings or 30-somethings. I'm not talking about them. But to me, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce look like two girls that would show up on your feed that decided to post a picture of themselves right before they go to a club or they're inside the club and someone else is liking their pics or this, you know what I mean? Like they look like two girls that you would see show up on a Twitter feed with extra fucking makeup on and tight fucking jeans. They, they, there's just because you have an overseas accent and you sound a little fucking annoying, that doesn't make you a WWE superstar. And Billy Kay and Peyton Royce are nice to look at, but you know what? Every day there's about 80 fucking photos that show up on my feed that are nice to look at. I don't know why they're on the roster. Other than, Let me say this, and this is where I teased from last edition of Breakfast Soup. I ask everybody out there, if Billy Kay and Peyton Royce weren't from where they came from, would they be on the WWE roster right now? No, no, that should tell you something. I think, I think people understand that too. Like it's something that you don't want to publicly say too often. Oh, I don't give a shit. I I I tell, I speak my mind. I'm sorry if people can't handle it. You know what I mean though? I mean, people will fucking, it's 2018. People knee jerk to everything DT, but I'm just saying, yeah, if these girls weren't Aussies, if they, if they happen to be two girls from Detroit, you know, no. Yeah, I don't think they would have just been like that Cortez Ocasio chick from uh, that's running for office from the Bronx. If yeah. she wasn't a cute Latino, she would have no fucking attention whatsoever right now. Yeah, that's just the way it is. Uh, right. ne- next on my list, Primo and Epico Cologne. <laughs> yes, oh, those guys are so. F- I wouldn't even spare the money it costs to write on the pink slip and just be like bye bye they're they're and talented they'd be like, yeah we know <laughs> they're talented they seem like great guys yes they were in some horrible gimmicks but to me they look like you know like 
if I had like a nice in my refrigerator, like a nice plate of platanos and maybe some roasted corn that's yeah. about three weeks past the expiration date. At some point, it actually looked good, but now it's just wait. It's time for them to go. Time for them to go. Uh, next on my list, I don't think it's any surprise to anyone, Dana Brooke. Yeah, yeah. she's. You know what? And it's a real sad reason that she's still there. The, the rumored reason that she's still there is because WWE felt bad about the way that her boyfriend passed while she was on the roster. I don't know if that's truth, but there's been a lot of credence to that rumor that that's the only reason she still has a job. You know, ah, what are you, you going to do with her? She really is just, she's out there to be eye candy for Titus. I, I could make such a fucked up joke right now, but you know what? <laughs> what, Oreo I, cookie jokes? No, get- no, 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 none racial. No, 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 I, it just... You know, it's it, it would have to do with death and you know her situation, and but I'll just say this. All right. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go there. Um, it's a fucked up situation. What happened with her? I mean, it's just a tragedy. It's yeah. sad. Oh yeah, no, it's fine. Um, I I I won't go there with that. But unfortunately, she's just. I I was watching because it was this week in history, which every those listening live will get soon. Um, this is the anniversary of Bailey's debut, and they took on Charlotte and Dana Brooke. And ironically, that was the fucking match when we talked about it at the time that Dana Brooke like went into the corner, but went there too soon. So she's yeah. just like standing there like a deer in headlights. And then Bailey hits her with the move, and it was just fun. she hasn't improved at all. She hasn't yeah. improved at all. You know what she reminds me of? She reminds me of someone who has a car with a bad transmission leak and a fucked up engine and then parks the car for two, two and a half years or three years or whatever it is and then comes back and starts the car up and then realizes, I got a fucking blown engine and then a transmission leak. If you, Just because time has gone by doesn't mean the fucking leak got any better. She's still not good. Now, a real quick question, just a, a little amendment to that, uh, that, that choice that you have there with Dana Brooke. Yeah. If you had the option between her, Summer Ray, or Emma, would Dana Brooke still be the one to go? Yes. Okay. I would keep Emma because Emma was talented. She put on some great matches with uh, with Asuka. And uh, Summer Ray, I think she got a little bit of a bad deal. Okay. okay. Um, got two names left. Baron Corbin. <laughs> I, see, that's just a fantasy. Now you're playing with our fantasy. I'm not okay. doing it just to troll, but seriously, I, I watched his match with Finn Balor early, and don't get me wrong, Baron Corbin has improved from a year ago. Without a doubt, he's improved. Huh. But you, he's a little bit taller than a normal person. He's a little bit heavier than a normal person. But there's fucking 95 other people that you could fucking put in his place that would have a little more talent, a little more charisma. Because he's the constable? The fuck is that? Tajiri was in the fucking management. You had, you could put any... Eugene was fucking doing stuff in storyline. I mean, there's nothing about Baron Corbin that stands out for me. He is no longer a lone wolf. He fucking had receding fucking long hair that looked like a mop. Now you shave the head. He's yeah. the constable for Stephanie. What do you really have there? There is nothing there that's beneficial for I me. did. I did actually pop a little tonight for Rowan Reigns bitch slapping Baron Corbin. That felt nice. How dumb I, was that? I, that the oh, Miami, it was very dumb. The Miami I, PD is standing right there, and they don't. Oh, you're under arrest. 
Yeah. <laughs> they just yeah, stood like, there and watched it. Bitch slapping I, Baron Corbin is okay at my I opinion. was like, well, you know what? Maybe Baron Corbin's part black. We didn't know about it. And maybe that's why <laughs> Miami PD just looked the other oh, way. So, I, just How stupid was that? And by the way, that's not a shot against anybody black. That's a shot no, against the Miami. <laughs> no, it's a shot against the Miami PD. They just looked the other way. Right. You know? right. Can I please guess who your number one is? Uh, well, it, it wasn't a countdown list. I'm okay. just doing it in random order because there's no way this guy's number one because people will fucking freak on me if I say this is the number one person. Um, Alexander Wolf. Oh, okay. You know why I would get rid of him? Nothing against him. I look at him and I look at Killian Dane. And I say to myself, who has a better chance of possibly getting over on the main roster and Killian Dane by a long shot? Oh, absolutely. So yeah. I look at Alexander Wolf, and I'm sorry for saying this. Alexander Wolf looks like anybody on fucking Twitter that's down south, sitting in a trailer park, drinking a couple of beers, wearing flip flops with overgrown toenails that just look like that they smell, who happens to wrestle pretty damn good. That's not the mold that w I can't see how WWE would give him a push. I don't care how dominant he is. I don't care yeah. how many little fucking um, James Ellsworth type wrestlers they put him up against the squash. I just can't see how WWE would push Alexander Wolf. I would actually, your list is pretty damn perfect, but I would actually bring back, I believe it's Primo or no, no, it's Epico. I would keep Epico because Epico is the long-standing one just to beat out JTG's uh, long <laughs> okay, all right. as being uh, non-existent. All right. And I would instead fire Paige. I would fire Paige so fast. Fuck her movie and fuck her. Mm. Gone. There's no use for that woman. That woman needs to go back to Del Rio. Mm. I have no use for Paige. I... I I can't complain about her GM stuff. I mean, I know she's just there to be there, but uh, I don't know. I, you know, again, if she really rubbed me the wrong way, I would just do something else while her segments are, are on TV. Plenty of other people on that roster that could fill that GM role better than Paige. Yeah. I'm just, I, I, I agree with you there, but I, I could tolerate her enough. I just hope that, you know, she really learned from what happened. And I, I don't know. I give it a benefit of the doubt. Nah. Uh, and Andy. Good list, though. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Andy leaves us with fuck, marry, cuddle. It's, what? Cuddle? Not, not fuck, marry, kill. What? Fuck, marry, cuddle. All right. Deborah McMichael, Jackie, and Ivory. I would marry Ivory, I would fuck Jacqueline, and I would just cuddle Deborah. I would just cuddle. I, I wouldn't want to marry or that. have sex with Deborah. She, I don't like blondes. And um, not my style. And to me, I just think of that Nathan, what was it, Nathan Ward guy that time. Remember when he did that fucking interview tour that, oh, millions of people wanted to see her in TNA and he actually suckered radio stations into interviewing Deborah? This big, you know, sign Deborah to TNA thing and all it was was Nathan Ward fucking tried to, I think, have sex with her or something. Yeah. Anybody that goes, that wants to go to search, just type Ward in our archives for the DTKC shows and you'll see the, the articles from then. I don't remember the guy's actual name. I don't remember, but you go back 12, 13 years, you'll find it. 
I would I would uh, fuck Jackie till her toes curled. <laughs> I would marry Deborah so I could be uh, the the third one on the list of Steve McMichael and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I would cuddle Ivory because she's cuddle. Okay, all right. Um, here's another one for you, Edward Vary. Fuck Mary Cuddle. Remember, all, oh, I should mention this. The reason why Cuddle's been said more than once is because all these questions were public on Patreon. Usually everybody sends them PM so other people can't see each other's questions. This time, oh, every- so Patreon changed Fuck Mary Kill to Cuddle? Yeah, they took it upon themselves to write Fuck Mary Cuddle. Oh, boo. Not- <laughs> hey, I don't mind. Um, Edward Vary, Fuck Mary Cuddle, Io Shirai, Kairi Sane, Asuka. How about uh, I would fuck Io Shirai, I would fuck Carrie Sane, and I would fuck Asuka. Can I do that? You can do that, sure. Why not? <laughs> I, I, all right, I'll go with you with that. All right. Um, shout out to Rock. He, I know he enjoyed the bus flip conversation. Raheem, the Ebony Dream. Better women's champ, Harvey Whipman and Nia Jax. Oh, come on. I'm what, telling you, at the who very could possibly beat Harvey Whippleman. <laughs> Nia was good at the end. At the she did her at the best. End, at, at the end, the worst. <laughs> no, when she fought Ronda Rousey, that was the best match of oh, her career. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right, dude. Uh, that girl is teeming with the ability and talent to be a believable monster in WWE. And the problem that they keep having is they give her the fucking mic. Yeah. We need to stop doing that. Yeah. Every single time she talks on the mic, she ruins the allure of her character to the point where I don't know if it, I think it's irreparable now. I, I don't think you can ever bring her back. You would literally have to take her off a of TV for six months. You'd have to give her Dean Ambrose treatment. <laughs> you have to take her off fucking TV, not mention her, <laughs> pretend she didn't exist, pull all of her merchandise from WWE.com, and then bring her back under a mask a la Kane or Bane. Have you, you noticed know? Naya is posing more online showing skin? Yeah, that's fine. You know, no, no, I, I compliment her. I mean, she, you know, she's thick. But I, I have no complaints about her at all. Right. I actually give her credit. I mean, it's it's not it's no. I'm I'm saying this with the almost no, sincerity. I was laughing. Yeah, I was laughing at somebody in the chat where you say Naya gives great PSAs. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, oh. I will say this honestly. I haven't. I will tell this with honesty. I have not yet uh, grabbed the Jigel rag for Naya Jax. Really? Okay. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. She hasn't um, given you that special moment. Yet? I haven't gotten the special feeling yet. I might have fucking so basked well. a couple of knuckle children out. You know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, very quickly, uh, you know, I may have to uh, ask you. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but un- yep. unless we go through some of these a little bit faster, I was going to say do you, maybe you want to join me on breakfast. Oh, dude, I don't care. Yeah, tell you what. Uh, give me one second. I'll be right back. I'm going to grab a yeah, I'm gonna, real- Okay, I'm going to do some shout outs really quick. All right, dude. Shout out to our associate producers of our Patreon. Thank you for your support as always. As I say, everyone on Patreon, especially our associate producers, they are the reasons why the Don Tony Kevin Castro Brexit with Blossy is free. Um, they just really not only help us financially, but really help us as far as where these shows go and the content. And they just they, they are truly the stockholders in what we do. So if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to give some shout outs and then we'll get right back into more stuff. I do have a bunch of wrestling news we're going to get into next 
and uh, stuff that I think you'll really be interested in. So I want to shout out Chris Harris again, Tyg Z Bowers, Razorback Rob, Jerry Stewart, Magic Johnson, Paul Woods Jr., Rich Maharg, Adam Demoy, Diogo Nobre, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Brandon Foley, Charles Lentz, Villainous Havoc, Courtney Summers, Evil Baker. Um, it's not Butcher anymore, so I still have croissant and salami on here, but I'm going to have to change that for next week. Billy Taylor, uh, Nico Time, John Stern, Carlitos Ortiz, Carreta II, Hassan Al-Hashmi, Brent Webster, Brandon Goins, Aaron Walker, Aaron Kloss, Out Nahia, Anthony Smith, James Grusin, Mark Israel, Matt Militia, Jeffrey Collins, Tim Everhart, Bob O'Mac, Sean DeMarsh, Lucia Dalban, Dan Hayes, Valdez, Mandingo Chamberlain, Josh Wilson, Jason Pratt, Toby DeShong, Scott Woodford, Daryl Long, Anthony Tackett, CJ Uihara, Crestman, Cress, I got your email, Cress. Thank you for what you wrote. I'm a little disappointed that you couldn't find me a bootleg of Mr. Rogers. I really want to see that. James Deal, Donald J. Trump, Russell Zavala, Kenneth Hewlett, Murrow Coombs Jr., Doug, Douglas McKay, Anna the Gay Banana, Julian LeBlanc, Brandon Rice, Frank O'Shea, Carl Buteau, a.k.a. Cheese of Rice, Spider Lewin, the Mesof Metaphor Isaac Fox, Marcus Antonius, Douglas McKay, uh, Rob McKay, Brian Byrne, Razorback Rob, Daniel Warren, and Michael Cuomo. So I want to thank you for the support as always. Round two. Round Fight. two. Um, yep. No, I was going to say uh, maybe we could do the rest of the questions. You come on for breakfast with Blossy for an hour on Wednesday, but maybe we can bang these out. Dude, I'll do whatever if you want me to well, come we'll on. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We're almost approaching two hours, so I really don't want to, you know, blow this really up. But it's kind of fun to do this. I think the crowd. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, look, chat. I for everybody listening. Time. Mish and I did an episode of Breakfast Soup like a month, month and a half ago that went yeah. five and a half fucking hours. <laughs> we went God, five was... and a half hours. That's yeah, how I... many questions and stuff. <laughs> came in it was so much stuff to talk about we did it in two parts but we did we didn't like do one part and then do the rest a couple of days later we did five and a half hours and i put it i uploaded everything it's two files because yeah, the download I, was so big i think i had a global balding that day too yeah <laughs> no, I that's had a, insane man i had a side salad. yeah i had a side salad that day too I that was like, that was awesome i mean the con the just it's that's this is what happens with our patreon it's it's a discussion I always say one difference, and and yeah. I've talked about other differences too, but the thing I love also is that yours truly, Kevin Castle, Mish, Joey Numbers, John Draper, when we do our shows, we're talking to you. We're not talking at you. And that is a huge difference with a lot of shows out there. And I'm telling you, they just, you know, we dictate what we talk about based on all of your feedback and what you send us. That's oh, yeah. why, if you notice, most of the time, the topics we talk about are usually what everybody wants to hear. And, you know, we try to avoid the other little minuscule things that, you know, really, it's just no need to talk about. But I do right, want to right. mention a couple of news tidbits very quickly. Uh, Tyler Breeze was at the NXT shows over the weekend, and people thought he was being demoted, this and that. Ricochet was actually given the week off, the weekend off, so he could spend some time with his family. Mm -hmm. And Tyler Breeze filled in for him. So that's basically the reason why. Personally, I've said this before. I wish WWE would send more guys down to NXT, maybe for a little seasoning, maybe sure. tweak something, test something out. And there's nothing wrong with seeing a, a couple of guys on the main roster down in NXT anyways. Right? Yeah, it's an entertainment company. I mean, sure. it's it's not... 
It shouldn't be an insult. You're an entertainment company. If someone is in a little bit of a lull, experiment. Fucking bring them down to NXT. Try a few things. You might, you know, throw shit on the wall and see if it sticks. Right, right. Totally. Yeah. For those in New York that are going to be going to SummerSlam, even if you can't go to SummerSlam, Friday, August 17th, at the Barclay Center, Stephanie and Triple H will be doing a meet and greet with fans. All the proceeds go to Connor's Cure. It's expensive. If you want to meet Stephanie and Triple H and take a photo with them, it's going to cost you $200. All the money goes to charity, though. How much does it cost to throw a rotten tomato at it? <laughs> yeah, look, for 200 bucks. <laughs> 200 bucks I'm throwing a tomato it's going to a charity I I think I know I'm just being I'm being I know I know um also you know I I really wanted I was gonna mention this closer to the beginning of the show I thought this was such a cool thing for Cody Rhodes to do something just tells me though that it's gonna open the floodgates what it was a fan by name of Josh O'Neill he got he bought a ticket for all in Yes. And then he yeah. realized, or he came into some bad times, and he can't afford to fly there. So right. He, so he went on social media, did not go on Cody Rhodes. He just wrote on social media that he was bummed out, that he has the ticket for all in, but he can't afford the plane fare. And the hotel. And the hotel. Well, he didn't realize that Chicago hotels were fucking expensive. Right, right. Kind of like, you know. He thought, you know, what we see on TV, you know, with all the shootings that you get a room for 30 bucks. You know, it's not the way it works. It's not in a yeah. bad neighborhood. All in's going to be in a very safe neighborhood, I should also yeah. stress. Yeah, no, it's really nice. It's, it's a pretty area. Yeah. So uh, somehow Cody Rhodes got wind of this. Cody Rhodes <laughs> writes on Twitter to Josh, says, uh, send me a PayPal address and uh, I, I forget what else. And uh, he PayPal'd money to Josh so he could fly to all in and stay at a hotel. Yeah. It's good karma. I, I already see Joey in the chat room chomping at the bit and I already know what he's going to say. You know, yes, I do believe it was a PR stunt, but it was a smart PR stunt and it's good karma at the same time. Yeah. I think it's going to open the floodgates. It's both. It's both. Yeah. You know, it's going to open the floodgates. Everybody's going to give a sob story why they, you know, they they can go, but they can't go and hoping right. to get some type of it. <laughs> Cody, Cody is going to become the welfare check for all in wrestling fans. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I look, that tragedy that happened a week and a half ago where that duck boat overturned and that woman lost seven people in her family. What? Uh, did you hear that story? I don't know. No, I think I it was in Missouri. Miss- oh, okay. they, there was a duck boat tour. I think it was Missouri. It, someone let me know in the chat if it was Missouri. I don't. But it was a there was a duck boat tour, and they ended up hitting stormy water, and the fucking boat overturned, and like I don't oh, know, shit. like over a dozen people died. Seven members of this woman's family died: her husband, kids, nephews. She lost seven you ever members been in one of, of those. What? The duck boats? You ever Never been, been in a duck boat? Never been oh, in a duck dude, boat. They're, they're military vehicles. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw they're 14 like people die. fucking steel, dude. Yeah, because you go up to like the Wisconsin Dells and they have duck boats over there and you jump in the duck boat and these things, these they, they got away fucking a shit ton. It's all solid steel. Yeah. It's all retired fucking Oh, military. yeah, yeah. No, I, when this happened, I learned what they were and I was fascinated by them, but she lost seven family members. Um, so I, she, they set up a GoFundMe page 
for the funeral expense for this and that, I donated. And I shared the link and other people donated also. And, you know, I, I just felt, felt bad. I, I'm sending a donation um, to TC Brimstone. I mean, this, yeah. this is sad. But when I see something like that written on Twitter, like, damn, I don't have money for this. I don't know if the person, re you understand what I'm saying? Like, you know, with this tragedy, they really do have massive expenses now. You oh. know, people that pass away. I can't when, even imagine what that funeral or that wake is like. Holy it, shit. It's, it's crushing. But, you know, when somebody just randomly writes on Twitter, hey, man, I'd love to go, but I just realized that how much this costs, I can't afford it. I'm down on my luck. You don't, I'm not saying that what this guy wrote was bullshit. I'm not saying it in any way, shape, or form. But do you really ever know the truth? Yeah. Do you really ever know? How do you possibly know? What yeah. if this guy just decided he was going to buy the iPhone 9 and then realized, fuck, now I don't have money for all in? You know what I mean? I'm, so I'm saying that's why when, you know, when things like that, I'm very, very skeptical as far as, you know, down in the luck. But you know what? Cody did what he did. That was an awesome thing to do. And I applaud him for that. Yep. I just look at it as good karma. You know, I mean, regardless if the guy's legit, regardless of what Cody could have done in lieu of, of sending him money, but encouraged the guy to do, you know, like, there, there's a lot of other options that were available, but I, I think it, it, I don't think he, I think it was a PR move in the sense that he knew that it was going to garner him. He knew it was going to be PR. a PR move. Yeah. But I don't think that he did it because be, only because of the PR. I think he genuinely did it because like, look, you know, here's an interesting case. Fan fucking can't go. Didn't tag me or nothing like that. Was just saying, you know, fuck, what am I going to do? I can't afford a hotel or the flight out to Chicago. Yeah. You know, I I think it was just a move. I, yeah. I think it was just a simple move. I mean, yes, there are other things he could have totally fucking done, but it is what it is. Yeah. So, well, you know, it was a really nice gesture to do, and I give him credit for it. Sure. Ulterior motives, maybe, but you know what? Somebody's now going that couldn't go, and you know that's just the bottom line. Also, want to congratulate Goldust. He uh, is now legitimate deputy. Williamson County Sheriff's Office in Texas. Uh, I don't know if this was a bucket list or not, but he is now actually a deputy for that sheriff's office. And he is, uh, yeah, he's really fighting crime. Hmm. I, I, I have a, you know, I have a, a real appreciation for Goldust in recent years. I don't know. Just, you just, I know he's had his demons in the past and there's been some really out there stuff, but... I don't know, last couple of years have really, I, I I feel the same appreciation like I've always had towards Mick Foley. Well, he carries himself like a dude that just wants to do good. Yeah. He doesn't carry himself like a guy who, remember, remember, I'm gold dust. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even cling to his own character that he's still active on television. He he just really carries himself like, look, you know, yeah, I, I am gold dust. But at the same point, it's like I'm also a dude. I've got my own life aspirations, my own goals and stuff like that. You know, he hasn't had the best relationship over the years, you know, with his ex-wife and stuff. And I don't know. I, I, obviously, you know, his, his daddy passed and it's just. He doesn't strike me as a guy who wants to do anything but live his life. Right. Got a question. Um, got a couple other tidbits of wrestling news, but we got 18 questions still. Sure. Want to carry it over to breakfast with Blossy Wednesday for about an hour or so? 
totally your call, man. Like I said, I mean, we can either uh, hammer this out tonight. We could do it on uh, Wednesday or well, we'll, see. We'll, we'll we'll go like another. We've got two hours already, so we'll go another 30 minutes to see where we're left. Cool. Uh, Owen Hart inducted over the weekend in the Luthez George Tragos Hall of Fame. I think this is going to open the doors of a uh, possibility of him going in the WWE Hall of Fame. I hope so. If I, I was really- WWE, I'd put him in anyway. And, you know, look, if the if Owen's family, you know, his wife and, you know, doesn't want to accept it, Brett will show up. Others right. will show up. Sure. You know, maybe they don't, they can't do a certain video package or stuff. I'm sure they could do something. I know they don't want to, you know, force their hand and give an ultimatum. To his wife, but I think you need to give an ultimatum to his wife. Yeah, it's you know it's a interesting situation that they're stuck with. Yeah, but at the same point, you know, I mean, uh, what do you do? Yeah, you know, I I understand the, the the need to respect the family, but at the same time, you know, there are a lot of fans too that want to pay homage. Sure. So yeah, I I didn't think this was any big deal about it, but. People are, I, you know, you and I have said this, you know. Yeah. People out there love seeing people feud because it's more entertaining than the storylines you see on TV. I've been saying that, Monica, for 20 years. Uh, somebody wrote on Twitter that now's the perfect time for the king to come back, meaning Neville. You know, oh, the, the king. Yeah, <laughs> the, the king of the cruiserweights. Yes. So uh, Cedric Alexander uh, hijacked the conversation and wrote, you know, because the person said the king. He hijacked the conversation and he wrote, you mean quitter. Oh. So a lot of people were like, oh, Cedric Alexander's trying to start something over here. Oh, ah. snap. <laughs> he knew it was going to generate a little bit of a buzz or attention, you know, but yeah. I, I would like to see Neville back. There's no, why isn't he back? You know what I mean? It's like, right. there's nothing wrong with Neville. Neville was a very solid character for 205 Live. He was very recognized. Uh, dare say, I would say he was the second most recognized 205 Live character behind Enzo. Yes. So, absolutely. you know, I mean, the division is absolutely suffering without his presence. So if he comes back there, good. Good. Bring some more buzz over to 205 Live. Give us a reason to watch it more you yeah. know, consistently. Totally agree. John Medhurst, I don't think we get World of Sport here in the United States. No. I know it started airing over the weekend in the UK, and I, you know, I know it airs on ITV. Here in New York, we get ITV Gold, but I don't believe it's the same channel. Mm. So I heard it drew Yeah, over. somebody asked me about World of Sport before, too, and I don't think we get it. We, you know, no. local podcast here, I don't think we get it either, so. It, it got over a million viewers over the weekend. Really? Think of, I mean, when you realize Impact Wrestling only gets 300,000 and fucking World of Sport got a million. Well, there's no surprise that, okay, I mean, all those, all the WWE fans, even from, you know, the mid-2000s and stuff, went somewhere. You know, they didn't all just fucking quit existing. Yeah, the biggest think, name on that show is Wade Barrett. I think people are still hungry, man. People are still hungry. That's why. Why do you see so many NJPW fucking fans all That's of a true. sudden? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's people are hungry for an alternative and Impact didn't. To be fair to Impact, Slammiversary was fun to watch. And to be fair to Lucha Underground, the last few episodes they saw were fun to watch. Yes. But nobody's been able to really fucking rein in that American audience to watch this stuff or or these wrestling fans to watch something new. So if there's a new option out there and people are liking it, good. 
Diz, Good. I'd love to see another contender, you know? There's a small American audience, young younger fans, 20-somethings, maybe 30s, that missed out on the NWO and right. are begging, not begging outwardly, but subconsciously, begging for an NWO faction to attach to where they could wear the shirts, feel like they're all part of a clique, and I think that's why Bullet Club really caught on in the United States. Small audience, but enough where you got to give them nothing but credit. But I think that's what it was more than anything. Right, right. Because a lot of these wrestlers in the Bullet Club were around 10 years ago. And these same American fans didn't really pay much mind to them. Well, that's the thing, too, is that people want to bring back the days or they look back at the days of the Attitude Era where they had all these millions upon millions of you know ratings of fans and stuff like that. The fans didn't quit liking wrestling. They quit liking WWE. Mm. These people that haven't watched wrestling in a while and only watched WWE still enjoyed the wrestling that they saw. For one reason or another. And if there's another promotion or, or whatever or company out there that can spark some love and bring some of these wrestling fans back underneath a new banner, good. Good. There's a Wrestling is still fun, folks. And it's still totally fun. Wrestling fans are brutal to each other sometimes, but we all still enjoy wrestling in one form or another. Yeah. You know, whether you like the old days or the new school stuff or international, et cetera, et cetera. People still love wrestling. So, I agree. Uh, Speaking of New Japan, I thought this was one of the, you know, like there's a lot of articles out there that when you actually read it, take a step back, you realize the dumbness of it. But there's an actual article floating around that if Shinsuke uh, leaves WWE, he's going to go back to New Japan. And I, I I read that article and I let it sink in for a minute and I said to myself, where do, where do, where's he supposed to go, Noah? You know, like, I'm like, no fucking shit. He's going to go back to Japan. No, what is he going to do? He's going to go to fucking NWO Black? He ain't, just, he ain't I, going anywhere, dude. You know what he's doing? He's building up his nest egg right yeah, now. That's exactly, that's exactly what he's doing. Exactly that's doing. why his book is being re-released. Yeah. That was fucking released years ago because he's going to capitalize on it. He ain't fucking releasing that book and then, you know, bye-bye. Dude, actually, holy shit. That's messed up. I remember per- pre-purchasing that book, and I totally forgot all about it. It's about to be released. Okay. Well, I purchased that probably about six months ago, seven months yeah. ago. Well, you, Damn you it. should be getting it very soon then. All right. All right. Speaking <laughs> of NWO, nice little segues. Not intentional. Travis Charlotte. By the way, Travis, your autographed Alistair Black card, I, it's on its way to me. As soon as I get it, it will be on its way to you. So he won uh, one of the contests recently. Uh, all the members of the NWO, who is some of the worst. And he also wanted to know what indie wrestler we'd like to see in the WWE that's not in the Bullet Club or New Japan. I, Travis, there's a couple of people in Impact Wrestling. I tell you, man, <laughs> I, 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 Pentagon Jr., I don't know why. I, I know people are going to say, oh, WWE would misuse him. There's no way they're going to allow Pentagon Jr. to have the matches like he's having in Impact Wrestling. I don't know. I think it, Pentagon Jr. and it could really, not on a level of Rey Mysterio, but would fucking surpass all these masked wrestlers in a second. Guy right. would sell insane amounts of merchandise. 
why Impact Wrestling isn't throwing a little investment out there and trying to get some big-time Pentagon Junior merchandise. And I'm not just talking about a shirt. I mean, they should be throwing... They, that guy should be selling massive amounts of merchandise right now. Yeah. So Honestly, uh, I would say after uh, the Slammiversary showing, man... Why is uh, why can't they get Homicide and Hernandez in WWE? You know they've been trying to get a Latin group over in WWE for a long fucking minute now, and they tried multiple different angles and gimmicks and guys, and I, and I think LAX, LAX would be a nice addition to WWE with a positive fanfare showing the original LAX, not the new LAX. You know. I don't know. How I don't know. Would use Hernandez them. and Herm- Homicide. I, I, I Look, think they, they could go down to NXT. You know, clean up a little bit, work out a little bit, do some matches down there, and I think they'd be fun. I, I don't know. That's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Homicide. Obviously, Homicide. He could have awesome matches. Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Sami Zayn. You go down the list. I mean, I just I don't know if WWE would utilize them the right way. People are saying that they're too old, dude. Joey's even saying that they're too old. Come on, they they fucking gave. Bubba and Devon a chance, you know they they trucked out AJ. They're not that old. I mean, we're not. They're not that old, and not only not. that. I mean, some of the wrestlers that are on the roster that are fairly new are getting close to forty. I don't know if people right. realize some of them are approaching forty that are just getting their their notoriety now in the WWE. Yeah, I'm trying to take a look. Oh shit, Homicide is forty one. Fuck. That's not that old. I didn't think he was 41, though. Holy shit. And Hernandez is 45. Okay. Well, these dudes look fucking amazing for being in their 40s. They could still do it. They could still do it. Wow. I'm still blown away. I didn't even realize they were that even, old. Even if Homicide was de- there for f- next three f- to five years, that's only 45. That's still younger than some people on the main roster. No, I, I totally get I didn't realize they were that old. Just to fucking put it out there. They really don't look their age. Yeah. Those guys have have really beaten the fucking Grim Reaper stick. So, yeah. as far as NWO members that to me just didn't click in the NWO, this in no way, shape, or form am I saying that some of these wrestlers didn't do well in other ways. Yeah, it You know, I I I'm just saying that as far as the NWO faction goes, I don't think they worked out great at all. Vincent. This the disciple, Michael Wall Street, Big Bubba Rogers, Kurt Henning, Brian Adams, Horace Hogan, Disco Inferno, David Flair, Jeff Jarrett, Ron and Don Harris. I agree. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I Jeff Jarrett, Kurt Henning, yeah. you know, right. I could see, you know, in a different great wrestlers, but they weren't great NWO members. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like any of them in the NWO. Sure. So uh, Andrew914, in my opinion, why is it that our video could sell ECW and indie shows with original music, gets away with it, but WWE Network edits it? Very simply, because these uh, music companies haven't sent ceased and desist letters to our video. Right. They're so under the fucking radar that nobody cares. Yeah. I mean, if they got a ceased and desist, and our video doesn't sell insane amounts of videos anymore, so it's not like... They're right. going to get a cease and desist from Capitol Records and we right. need to see your books and, you know, you need to give us a percentage of it. No, it's just not the way. If they if get to be a dick, I mean, seriously, if you wanted to be a dick, I'm sure somebody could raise awareness to some of these companies about the music that's being used. But that would be a real dick move to do. Yeah. I, you know, <clears throat> I mean, you know, it's funny. I, I'm not saying that him or anyone else has said this, but it's funny how 
like people will bitch on how WWE voices over music, but then they'll they'll troll and complain on our video. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Leave it alone. Enjoy it. You know, yep. get some stuff and enjoy it. Uh, Derek Power. Never remember any of us talking about Undertaker's streak at me. Oh, he never really heard anybody really talk about Undertaker's streak until early to mid-2000s. He always wondered if the streak was always going to be a thing or if you, do we think the WWE knew at some point the streak would end? Uh, I mean, this is, a, this is an opinion show, obviously. So we don't right. know the exact answer, but I my... Think it's based around like how popular he was at the time. Of course they had him go over. Yeah. And I think the fact that his popularity didn't wane right away, they, they kind of kept it on him. You know what I mean? I think it was based off of dollars and cents. I think originally they had no intention on ending the streak, but I think as years went on, I this is what I honestly think. And I really believe that this is the answer, even though I have no way to prove it. Sure. I think what happened was that WWE all along wanted the streak never to be broken. I think when it got to this point now, and I, I invite anybody out there, look at The Undertaker's career over the last seven, eight years. When you realize how few matches he's had over the last seven, eight years, it's a long time. That's seven, eight WrestleManias. Right, so I think right. once WWE realized that they're dealing with a guy that's going to only wrestle a couple of matches at most, that they had to start thinking, okay, are we going to have him be undefeated through his 50s? Or if he has a really subpar performance, but he, we still want him to be at WrestleMania, he's still an attraction, he's still beloved, and Undertaker still wants to be there, do we still keep giving him wins no matter what? And I think yeah. once they realize that Undertaker is now mortal and that you know he can't put on the caliber he used to, that they started realize, okay, if we're going to keep Undertaker on WrestleMania, we have to get rid of this streak. And Undertaker lost to Roman Reigns. Undertaker lost to Brock Lesnar. You know what I mean? Like Undertaker right. could lose now and nobody thinks about, you know, 22 and three or one or two. It's just the streak is gone. And I think that's what I think. If Undertaker would have retired five years ago, those last couple of years, they probably would have kept the wins and given the undefeated streak. Right. He should have retired when he laid his fucking uh, hat and coat. Yeah, I totally agree. I thought, but you I agree. Know. I totally agree. Um, let's see. David Harrell wants to know from you, can you recommend any comics that include the X-Men or comic storylines that are must-reads? <laughs> ah. Well, I know it's Christ, a loaded question. That's a switching of gears. Well, they're just talking about in general. Yeah, just in general. Um, fuck. Um... If you, if you want to think about it a little bit and come back to it, we can do that. I, I don't know. I mean, right off the top, uh, uh, the uh, the Streets of Poison from Captain America was a good storyline to me. Uh, Punisher's, uh, um, uh, the Max issues that he did, the one where it was uh, Punisher back in Vietnam, that was a lot of fun to read. Uh, some Daredevil stuff, too. Uh, I enjoy the Crow series by James O'Barr. That was a lot of fun to read. Uh, if you check out the Sin City books, those are good, too, you know. Um, but, yeah, uh, Transformers uh, War Within from IDW was a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, there's 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 a ton of things. Okay. So there's the gamut. There you go. Shrek wants to know, have you or I ever heard of Nitzer Ebb, and are we fans of them? 
That's right. Yeah, I'm familiar with them. They're okay. I, I mean, uh, it's not one of the first uh, groups that I pull up, but yeah. yeah. I, I've never heard them. I know that they're a British group, but I've never, ever heard them. I don't, I, maybe I've heard a song and not realized that it was their work. By the way, for a few in the chat that are now all of a sudden having withdrawal because it's not wrestling questions, this is breakfast <laughs> soup tonight. Yeah, breakfast yeah, breakfast cool. soup is a mixture of everything. So we're going to go back and forth with a couple little things. Sure. So, uh, Tom Nelson asked me, the, what do I think is the final four in the playoffs for MLB this year? Who do I think is going to win a World Series? And he does have a wrestling question. We'll get to that next. Uh, I think the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. Um, I just, you think of the scenario with Kershaw possibly opting out of his contract. You have um, What's-His-Face retiring, the second baseman uh, that were on the Phillies. The fucking, I can't, I'm drawing a blank. It's getting late tonight. No uh, what? Yeah, so uh, just a lot of little things about the Dodgers. As far as the Final Four, I think the Red Sox, the Dodgers, I can't believe that the Nationals are shopping around Bryce Harper. The Nationals are only six games out. The Nationals could go on a fucking run in two weeks, make up those six games. Chase Utley, thank you, Will. It's getting a little late over here. Um, I honestly cannot believe that the Nationals are packing it in. I Even though the trade deadline is coming up tomorrow, I think the Nats are probably just trolling or... They want to see, hey, you know what? If we could get an insane number of prospects back, we give yeah. up Hopper and still, you know, maybe on our pitching, get through the playoffs. So uh, that's, and the, and the Indians. So, or the Yankees. I go Red Sox, Dodgers. I still think the Nats have a shot. If they don't trade Hopper, I think the Nats still get in. Mm. Um, and as far as... Uh, do we think Sable would ever will ever go into the WWE Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I think. I think Brock probably helped pad that in there too. Don't you? Down the line, I think so. I really do. I. I mean, I know that there was the lawsuits, and I know there was a lot of dissension, but uh, I think one day Sable will be put in the WWE Hall of Fame. Sure. Yeah, I do too. Let's see, John Coffey. What female celebrities did we have huge crushes on growing up? Which actress in today's generation do we find sexy? If we were a male porn star, what would be our name? <laughs> I, I I could never be a porn star. I, I'm just too self-conscious. I'm very, very shy. I'm shy in the bedroom. The lights have to be off. Um, I used to watch porn with my ex-girlfriend years ago and have fun with it. Now, you know, it's almost like, you know, it's, we don't watch adult movies. I mean, we have fun, but I, I couldn't think of a porn name. How about, how about for you instead of Dick Cavitz, how about Dick Fuxits? I think right now everybody would say my name would be Dick head. <laughs> Seriously. Cause I'm a dickhead. No, I know so, I am. Come on. Yeah. Come so on. how about, uh, uh, Tom driller? Uh, no? I can't. Nah. No? Um, female celebrities growing up. <laughs> I, I can't, more. I can't Sorry. think of any. I honestly can't. I mean, Don Diggler. There you go, Phil. Don Diggler. Don Diggler. All right. Hey, ladies, it's eleven o'clock at uh, night. Don Diggler. <laughs> it's right after Monday Night Raw. What are no, you doing? You know, I would call it maybe uh, Tom Diggler. Tom Boney. Maybe Boney. If I, maybe I could, you know, well, I can't dress up like I did in '85. But maybe if I get anorexic, I could call myself... I could be an anorexic porn star. I go on a massive diet and call myself Don Boney. 
Don Boney. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it wasn't so Don late, I'd start hitting <laughs> <laughs> female celebrities grow I'm trying to get off this topic female Sorry. celebrities growing up anybody that was brunette I mean I would have a little crush on I I don't know I mean it's just you know what it is I started seeing like little porn and nudie magazines when I got like 15 yeah. So a lot of my crushes were like porn stars, Tracy Lords, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The chick that I mean, Mick Foley was always infatuated with, Christy Canyons. Was yeah. big into Tracy Lane when I was young. Yeah, sure. Uh, what was her name? Uh, Svenka. No, Seika. Seika. Yeah, she yeah. was cute. She was blonde. I remember Seika. You know, yeah. She, there was a, there was another chick, <laughs> Vanessa Del Rio. She was oh, yeah, yeah, she yeah, was crazy people. at the time, but there yeah. were there were a few others. But uh, I didn't really have too many crushes at the time. I just you know just it wasn't like that. Yeah, um, I mean, as far as mainstream television back then, uh, uh, I was really into a young Elizabeth Hurley, Kathy sure, Ireland, sure. Cindy Crawford a little bit. Yeah, uh, I mean we're talking young days. Oh, shit, there's a few others too. Yeah. I think I got into Daisy too from uh, the Dukes of Hazard. Oh yeah, she was hot. She yeah, was she hot. Was yeah. Yeah. Um, Paul Heenan, do we ever play sports growing up? If Mish didn't play basketball at some point, he'd be shocked. Didn't fucking play a lick of basketball, but that is to be fair, they did try to get me in. Uh, when I was like in uh, junior high and stuff like that, I played soccer. I was a soccer player, and uh, other than that, I played football. I was always into football. Usually defense, defensive tackle, defensive end. Okay. But I always played football. Okay. Always played baseball. Uh, tried out for the football team for St. Francis Prep. Made the first cut. Got cut the second time. Never tried out for football again. Mm. Um, Love playing baseball. We've talked on Breakfast Soup, you know, the Parish Award I got that time and having uh, the Yan two Yankees show up at my fucking school to give me an award. I still remember one. I remember two plays. As a kid, one, I was playing center field. I caught a ball. I fucking threw it to second base, got a double play. We won the game. And I remember everybody on the team hugging me and all that. Nice. It was just the biggest, warmest feeling. And then I always tell you about this. Bundy moment. Oh, that was, it was incredible, man. <laughs> I still think about it and I get choked up a little bit because it was such an awesome, it was just the same year I got the Parish Award. But that same year also, earlier in the year, I, I told you, I struck out one time to end the game. And you're talking, I was 12 years old. I yeah, took yeah. the fucking baseball bat. I threw it down the first base line. That's how angry I was. I almost hit the fucking first <laughs> baseman, the coach. And they threw me out of the game. They suspended me for like a month. I couldn't play baseball or nothing. And I'm 12 years old. I threw the fucking bat down the, fu the fucking. Yeah. And trust me, one video podcast coming up. I have friends that I played baseball with that I still talk to that I grew up with. And they were on the team, and I will have oh, one of them on, and they will tell the story of me throwing the bat and getting cool. thrown out of the game. So, yeah, we get a little Al Bundy one with fucking uh, DT. That's yeah, awesome. That's, that's kind of awesome. I love shit like that. You want to hear something fucked up? I, I wanted so bad to record it today, and I thought about it for a split second, and I was like, no, nah, I can't. There's no way. I went over a customer's house around 1 o'clock for lunchtime, and I had to pick up a check, drop off some insurance cards and everything. So I'm in his house. And he's like, you know, you want an espresso? And I'm like, no, I got to get back to my office. Come on, have an espresso. Hang out a few minutes, whatever. So like, fine. Now, this guy is about 
70, greaseball, Italian guy, Howard Beach, the whole nine yards. And he's got security cameras in his house. And I did his taxes, so I know him a very long time. Sure. So I'm in the house, and we're drinking a little bit of Nespresso. And he's looking at his security camera. And he picks up his cup of coffee. He says, I'll be right back. And I see him walk to the front of the door. He opens up the door, and I swear in a stack of Bibles. Almost word for word, he says, can I help you? And he said it loud, so I knew something was up. And I'm looking from the table, and I see him outside, and he's yelling at someone. I'm looking at the security camera to try to see what it is. And it looked like some Puerto Rican guy. So he's like, can I help you? And, you know, there was no response. And he's and he he says, hey, you wanted this? Then I fucking went to the door to see what happened. What happened was, is he got a UPS delivery. There was a box on his stoop. And apparently some one of these porch pirates tried to uh, walk uh, up his steps oh, yeah. to steal the package. And he spotted the person walking up the, the steps. So he, he, so I'm sitting at the table, and he's like, can I help you? Is this what you wanted? He, next thing I know, he takes the fucking coffee, like a bad scene of Goodfellas, throws it in the fucking guy's face. Ah, the fuck out of you, motherfucker. You fucking steal my package. I'll cut you. And the fucking guy cursed him out. I swear to you, for a split second, I'm like, patron, patron. Fucking get this shit on tape. <laughs> fucking guy's throwing hot coffee in the face of some fucking Puerto Rican fucking porch pirate. And the fucking guy ran away, and it was just so fast. It went so fast. But for a split second, I'm like, oh, I got to get this on fucking tape. Nice. Yeah. Happened earlier well, today. You kind of do have it on tape. It was on the security cam. It was on a security camera, but, you know, what am I going to say? Can I have the tape so I could put it on my... <laughs> but, man, it, I just... You don't, like, with, like, Italian stuff, like, they call... You know, if I did... That would be a rat. You know what I mean? Like, I can't... Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. man, when that happened, I fucking... The, the, my immediate reaction was, oh, I got to grab the fucking... T-. Nah, I couldn't record it. Yeah. Happened today. I actually was going to tweet about it at one o'clock, but by the time I got back to my office and things got a little bit crazy, and then, you know, not only do I have the business, I got to prepare for the shows, they, they put the history thing up, get the stuff. But yeah, porch pirates, you got to be careful, everyone. And I'm saying this I don't care where you live in the world right now, you probably, some of you out there probably never heard porch pirates before. What porch pirates are, and listen, it's not just Puerto Ricans, black, white, Asian, male, female. And I only said Puerto Rican because the guy looked like he was Puerto Rican. I right. mean, he, he looked like Puerto Rican. He looked like Chico from Chico and the Man. But um, you got to be very careful because what porch pirates do is they drive up and down people's blocks. Yeah. And what happens with UPS and the post office is when they order on Amazon, Sometimes there's signature not required and they ring the bell. They leave the box on the porch and they leave. They leave it on your stoop. And there's people that will just drive all day long in neighborhoods trying to spot packages that were left in front of people's houses and they steal it and Google it. Porch pirates. It's fucking scary, scary shit. And sure enough, we came across... And they happen in the neighborhood. I've had other people tell me that they had packages stolen. They would t- say to Amazon, I never got my package. Yeah, no, it was left at your door. It ain't it in my door. Right. Yeah, no bullshit. Porch pirates. Um, and, and real quick, just to talk about, about what we were talking about earlier, that Shinsuke Nakamura book, I ordered it on April 6th. And wow. 
they never sent me anything over it. Well, it's about no, to be released, so you should be getting it. Well, I hope so. But Jesus Christ, April 6th, it's been a couple of fucking Why did minutes. you order it so soon? Because as soon as it came out, they, they said that it was it was dropping like the next month. I think they pushed, they had to have pushed back the date. Mm. That's probably what happened. Um, Spider Lewin posts a really good question. On the surface, people may say, nah. You think about it a little bit more, you know, it's not so off. You think Seamus is Hall of Fame worthy? I think he needs a couple of more years, but I think he's close. I think to WWE, he already is. Yeah. To us, to the fans, no. To WWE, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think he's a couple more years, I would say. Why not? He he does a lot more than just wrestle. You know what I mean? Like, he does a lot of, you know, like, speeches. Yeah, he does interviews and, yeah, appearances and stuff like that. Like, I mean, the... the you, I think as we, much as we don't like the guy, and for the, as much as boredom he's brought us and stuff like that, the guy does go above and beyond behind the scenes. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, he's a hard worker. Yeah. He's, he's a guy who puts in time. Whether we appreciate it or not is one thing, but he does work. You know, he's not like a guy who's too busy to sign autographs or fans, Sasha Banks. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that, that I got kind it. of give us respect. Yeah. No, I see... We everyone needs to realize you can't just look at what you see on the camera, right? I, I mean, it's really what it is. Um, there is a shitload of time and in, uh, invested behind the scenes, being trying to be a role model, helping kids, charities, make a wish, publicity appearances, and. I, I, if you, when you usually see, hey, WWE visited this school or they visited here and yeah. almost all the time you always see Seamus there. Yeah, he, he, he puts in the time. I, I He puts in the time. Whether you love him or hate him, he does love wrestling, the business, yeah. you know, and all facets of it. So, like I said to the fans, he's probably not a Hall of Fame candidate, but to WWE, Absolutely. And I don't think he has many years left. I mean, we've heard about the scares of spinal stenosis, you know, so I don't think he has many years left. I think when everything is said and done, WWE will put him in. I mean, will it be up for debate? You know, I don't don't blame anybody who may debate it a little bit, but you got to just do a little research of what he does behind the scenes and you realize the amount of public work he does. You know, Titus O'Neil's another one. Yeah, you can't can't forget Titus O'Neil too. Titus O'Neil's a guy on screen. He is what he is, but all the shit that he does behind the screens, you know, all the, uh, the ambassador stuff that he does, he's, he's a hard fucking worker. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the WWE hall of fame. It's, it's not just, wrestling you know it's wwe and wwe is an entertainment company is a lot more than just what you see inside the ring so mark ness down the line do we see a match between miz and maris versus daniel bryan and brie sure i'm cool with that i don't know if it'll happen but yeah i'm down with that if if they can do uh miz and maris versus the former uh, John Cena and Nikki Bella Cena, then sure, why not? Uh, yeah, I could see the vignettes and everything. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah, that's cool. Matter of fact, more people wanted to see Daniel Bryan versus Miz than John Cena versus Miz. That's true. So, that's yeah. absolutely true. And uh, other than decre- decreasing the show to two hours, if we were given an unlimited budget to do one thing 
to enhance Raw's ratings, what would we could we do? You know, examples, Pyro, new writers, add one talent, better music. Be- Honestly, just better in-ring storytelling. It just, what I, I mean, I know this has been going on for decades and decades and decades. You don't mind it when, you Honestly, know. Honestly, announcers. You know what? The, the in-ring storylines and shit like that would be more tolerable if you had uh, the right announcers or the right announce team that can formulate the shit outside of it and make it better. Dude, there are plenty of horrible fucking feuds over the years that because of Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan were made infinitely fucking better. Sure. There are plenty of times that Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler, Jim Ross and Paul Heyman worked together that they made bland invasion type storylines, among other things, obviously, lots and lots better because of their commentary. I think really what's hindering WWE more than anything. And I know Corey Graves is a little bit of a chode lately. You know, um, but Michael Cole is just God fucking awful. Just God awful. The the reality is, is now that there's no more JBL, which is kind of a good thing, in my opinion. I still don't understand why they don't fucking uh, pair up. Uh, 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 Jesus Christ. Went Mauro Ranallo, Corey Graves and uh, Tom Phillips. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I just I just see that as as a lot of fun or even. uh Shit, who else that was freaking out? Not Mauro Ronaldo, somebody else. Were you surprised that I chose Tom Phillips as my number one announcer for the first half of 18? It's respectable. I can't fucking... I, I, I love Mauro Ronaldo. I don't think he gets enough of a nod. I think he's a very exciting character, which is something that the fans really fucking need at home. They need a reason to be excited to watch these shows. But Tom Phillips is a solid fucking dude. Yeah. He really calls the matches straight. You know, he gets he gets all the information out there, pay-per-view information, all the shill stuff, but he doesn't make you feel like an asshole listening to it. Cole is so smarmy and just such a fucking downer that even hearing him on air every goddamn anytime you it's hear him the on the big air, dog. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did his impersonation last week, but I I have to now come down and unwind a little because, you know, it's getting a little late. Got to get sleep soon. But uh, and Tom and Tom and Corey work really well together. You can just tell that those two guys have a genuine friendship off the screen where they rib each other. Yeah. And I know that they do. I'm sure that they do. They just seem like that they're their understanding of each other. Or maybe they just connect that well socially. I'm not sure, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, or professionally. But announcers 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 is the one thing i mean because we can bitch up and down all day every day about how you know shallow some of these storylines are we can bitch whether the talent in the ring is good or not we can bitch about the amount of time that the show has but the one thing that it seems like it's unanimous that people are just bored of the show that's the job of the announcers the announcer team is lacking. I have nothing against Coachman. I think Byron Saxon is a fucking is liquid uh, Zquil, you know. I, just, I but Marwanalo is an excitable guy who loves the sport. Yeah. You know, yes, he has some mental affinity issues. If anything, he should be a guy that would be uh, preaching WWE doing any kind of mental health, mental fitness stuff. Mm. Um, but he's such a solid character, and he's so well loved and so well renowned that it, putting him front and forward. On WWE Raw, I, I don't see why that would be a problem at all. You want people to be excited about the product. Start by fucking changing the most 
boring aspect of the product, right. which has been the announced team. And that's not a shot on Corey. I like Corey. I really do. But Corey and Michael Cole are god-awful together, and I don't blame Corey for it. I, um, I, the one thing I would do, and it wouldn't cost anything. The one thing I would do first before anything, one word, swerves. We oh, don't no. we oh. don't get oh. swerves anymore. Oh, okay. WWE just does not go outside the box. It just feels like they don't have the balls to really well, you want try swerves? something. Yeah, I want swerves. I want like a real swerve that would people would remember. I mean, you we don't have anything like that anymore. It's just yeah. we don't get swerves. And like I said, I would fight. You think I really want Brock Lesnar to win the night after SummerSlam? No, absolutely not. Dude, we would be laughing our but ass. We, yes, off. but I would be, exactly. I'd be laughing my ass off and I would give props to WWE for doing something that would be the most unpopular thing to do. But at least they had the balls to fucking say, you know what? You, you know what I mean? Like, Right. They give us the middle finger with Roman Reigns. You sure. know, like in, I said this earlier online, in, you know, in 2018, that loud shit response that crowd that a crowd would give us someone that they really don't like all that much, now it's called energy, crowd energy. You know, like, right. bro, like Roman Reigns is cutting the same promo that John Cena did 10 years ago. When the crowd started really shitting on John Cena, he would say, you know what? You'll pay a ticket and you uh, you could sp speak yourself and express yourself and you have every right and you energy and this, this and that. And it would just annoy people even more. And that's what happens. The crowd shitting on Roman Reigns. Oh, got to give props. This crowd is energized tonight. <laughs> Fuck you. Slip on a fucking banana peel. Yeah, or man. some Samoan food or something. Just fucking. I don't mean Let's that literally. Samoan food. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Just poi. Yeah. Don't he he likes poi. Yeah. yeah. Slip on some poi. 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 <laughs> By the way, fuck you to the person that sent you guys that video that there's a challenge now where you play some type of song in a car and you open the door and you start like walking as the car's rolling with oh, nobody dude, in I've it. Oh, already done that. Didn't she see my video online? No, no, no. But somebody posted a video to you earlier and because it showed up on my feed. I said, all right, let me watch it. So I'm watching. I swear on God, I had next to me my fucking, you know, like my beef dinner and stuff, a teriyaki <laughs> shit. And I see this guy like dancing and he's walking out. And next thing I know, he pulls his pants down and starts shitting everywhere. <laughs> Did you see that video? I'm like, no. what the fuck was that? It's on your the feed. It's on your feed. The guy I think he was making fun of my uh, my shoe farts. You'll see it on your feed on your Facebook. The, oh, the guy is, there's, there's some horrible music playing and he's dancing and the car door is open and he's, the car's rolling. The next thing you know, didn't even give you, it, it was so fast. Like, I didn't even have a chance to like put, throw my fork down and change the, 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 the screen before. It was so goddamn, the guy whipped his pants out. He multitasked in two seconds. He whipped his pants out and there was shit flowing everywhere in two seconds. It's on your Facebook page. I I didn't comment on it, but I was like, wow, that fucking just ruined my dinner, man. I, I love our fans, DT. Oh, I shit. I love them, too. Shout out to everybody, seriously. <laughs> and I'm telling you, everyone, if you've never tried our Patreon, 
patreon.com slash Don Tony. I will tell you, it's July 31st. If you're going to sign up, wait till August 1st because they charge the first of every month. And if you sign up on the 31st, they're going to charge you again on the first. Now, I will say this to Chris Harris and everybody else. If you sign up two, three, four, five days before the, the at the end of the month and you're going to get charged again three, four, five days later, I will always... PayPal you the money back immediately. I will not allow anyone to be double. I mean, I will say I have contacted some people in the past like DT keep it. But, you know, for everybody listening, you know, sign up on the first. Sign up for a month. $5. Hundreds of hours of what we're doing now. Hundreds of hours of Kev Castle doing his solo show. There's a lot of other shit going on there. You could check out the first video blog that I did. Going to start doing more next week. Yeah. And I'm doing it as Don Tony. People been asking me, when are you going to do video blogs? I said, okay. When are you going to do it with yourself on camera? I said, no problem. You want me to do it as myself, Don Tony, Deli Man. Everybody but two people said, you got to dress up like you did with Don Tony. Yeah. So me, I wear reading glasses. I don't wear glasses all day long, but I wear reading glasses. I can't read what's on my computer screen without glasses. So I said, okay, if I'm going to wear the Gotti shirt and the suit and the sunglasses doing the vlogs or the video podcasting. I got to ask. Yeah. I got to ask. And I've never asked you this. And I would have never asked you this because I think think this might be unacceptable to ask Italians this, but I got to (sighs) ask. Do you talk with your hands? Yes. I swear to God, I kid you not, and I didn't do this on purpose. As you're saying that, when I just said I kid you not, my right hand is doing like a karate chop where with my thumb inside and I'm actually, every word is going up and down like I kid you not. I do talk with with my hands. You will see that. Um, but I needed to get prescription sunglasses because if I wear sunglasses doing a Don Tony character podcasting i can't see the computer screen so i had to get prescription sunglasses made up i'm waiting for them i ordered it from glasses usa about a week ago it's going to take another week or two as soon as i get those glasses we're going to start the shit up and it's not going to just be video podcast me and my office thing here i'm going on the road some people want me to show Scumbag Alley, where I used to get blowjobs when I was a teenager. I'm going to fucking go in my own stomping grounds. Um, actually, people, I always talked about making pasta gulagia, cutting the garlic like Goodfellas. People want me to fucking video Chef Tony cooking certain dishes. There's going to be all different things going on. Do you actually have a chef's hat, too? No, I don't have a chef's hat. Okay, all right. But it's going to be much ado about nothing. I mean, yeah. the thing I did with Stanley was so impromptu, but it was so wonderful because... Yeah, he was a cool dude. He was a cool dude. And, you know, when I told the story about him a month and a half ago, there were people I thought I was lying. Right. You know, it's like, you know, it sounds a little too forced. Don Tony friends with some 60-year-old Rasta Jamaican guy who happens to be fucking, you know, cursed out by someone downstairs in my shopping center, you know, racially profiling him and him almost... You know, when I told the story, it sounded too manufactured. So for those that aren't on Patreon, what happened was two, three weeks ago, he came in to clean my office. I'm friends with him 15 years. He's been to my house, my parents' house. You know, I've I've had dinner with him. And he's a Jamaican 60-something-year-old guy with the fucking big hat and the fucking dreads and everything. And I looked at my phone and I said, you know what? 
let me fucking ask him if he wants to shoot a little video. I told him about podcasting. He had no idea what it was. And I said, you want to just have a chat? So I turned it on. 15 minutes, had a conversation. He told the story about what happened, word for word, exactly what I said. And yeah. we talked about race relations and this and that. And it was just very raw. And what's fascinating about that video, and I know a lot of people caught on about it, was this guy is a Jamaican, you know, with big dreads, missing right. teeth, who has been racially harassed throughout his life. And he and I are talking, and if you watch it, you could see he's very reluctant in really speaking out because he's talking to an Italian white guy. Yeah. And when you know, when I said to him, Stanley, we've been friends 15 years. Say exactly how you feel. And he fucking opened up. And it put a little, you know, like chilling in me. I was like, you know, that was powerful, man. Wow. And it was just, it's a very unique thing. And you know, I'm going to do that. He had a real more. calm demeanor, too. Like, yeah. I mean, he didn't come off as very abrasive or nothing like that. He was very... No, he's very, a very nice guy. And uh, look, people wanted to see where John Gotti used to live. They want to see my neighborhood. They want to see certain areas, you know. So these vlogs are going to be much ado about nothing. It's going to be random shit. I'm going to... And they're all going to be short. 10 minutes, 15 minutes most. And the reason right. why I'm keeping them short is because one vlog will have to do with Trump. One vlog will have to do about baseball playoffs. One but vlog. That's the nice about it is you're splitting it up into different. Yeah, categories. so you pick and choose what you want to see, and it's all going to be on Patreon. That's very. And you know, the, this is the thing. You know, we're all one very tight knit family. There, people out there, overseas in the United States, want a little, you know, view of what our lives are about. It's not invasive. I'm not going to do anything invasive. And, you know, so look, if I'm looking outside and there's something going on in my yard or something like that and it's cute and it's not, you know, like taping any other adults and they that don't want to be taped, I'm going to shoot it. <laughs> you know, you see something in the street that looks pretty funny, I'm going to shoot it. Yeah. I mean, shoot Just video. Careful, man. Don't end up like fucking Anthony from Opie and Anthony. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not doing anything. Taking a, taking a picture of uh, some woman. No, no, nothing. In no, nothing like that. It's. <laughs> If I'm going to record anything, it, yeah. I mean, it's always going to be simple things. Nothing where I'm invading anybody's privacy yeah. or anything no, like that. No, that sounds cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, let's get into a couple more. And we actually probably get everything in today. Uncle Sell, best and worst belt, best and worst pay-per-view, best and worst pay-per-view set. I, don't, uh, I guess he's talking about the current product. <sighs> I, no, it sounds like he's talking about all of it. I, mean, I can't. I can't go back all time. I choose Legends of Wrestling. I mean, there's a lot of feds that had horrible belts. Worst belts to me was the Smoking Skull belt. I did not like it. I'm one of those guys. Although I did love the fucking uh, the million dollar belt. Yeah. I love the hardcore belt too. As as cheesy as it was, I, I really had a fondness for it. Uh, probably the most respective belt is uh, oh shit. The old NWA belt. I don't know. It looked really cool with the fucking uh, the, the, the vines on it and shit. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up. My favorite belt of all time was Morocco's green intercontinental belt. That's my favorite belt. I'm not saying it was the best belt. I mean, I always loved the NWA title. It just looked really prestigious and it looked important. Yeah, I like a belt that looks important. Um, yeah. A lot of the belts of today are the same style, just different colors, different this. I, I'm not into that. 
The worst belts that I hated, believe it or not, I'm a diehard ECW fan. Towards the end, when they had like this like script barbed wire, almost like font, and they're just like scratch written on the belts, and it's just I didn't like it at all. It just few sets. The one I liked was uh, what was the one with the fucking giant meat hooks? Was it Armageddon? I think it was. It might have been Armageddon. I always love Halloween Havoc. Halloween Havoc was pretty dope too. Yeah. Yeah. As far Armageddon as- had one where they had like giant meat hooks, and I remember the wrestlers walking down the ramp, and these giant meat hooks would <laughs> swing towards them, and I just remember seeing that, and I was like, "Oh, that's really cool," because it wasn't pyro. I mean, they had pyro and shit, yeah. obviously, back then, but it was something that wasn't pyro that really let it look like it was a lot more metal. You know yeah, what I mean? It was, yeah. Like, you have a giant fucking hook swinging at you. What are you gonna do? You yeah, know? Yeah. I can't think of any pay-per-view set that I thought was bad. Oh, backlash. People are saying Backlash. Backlash. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, I can't think of any really bad set. I mean, you know, there's been sets that have been a little bit mundane. and Great not- American Bash. The WWE's version of Great American Bash was horrendous. Yeah, that I guess you could go with that. Tuesday shit with uh, Maria and the cyber lanes on the fucking... <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Ugh. Yeah, that doesn't sound appealing. I don't remember it, but it doesn't sound appealing at all. Yeah. Um, shout out to the Texas Podcast Massacre. If you're into horror films, go give it a listen once. I think you'll be hooked. Rocked Reviews, great podcast, always reviewing, very, uh, you know, like rock music, just very unique music. Um, what's that group? Not Legends of the Fall. You actually mentioned it on a commercial you did for them. I can't remember. Something with the fall, I think. They're reviewing it tomorrow. That, that's all I know. Okay. I don't have it in front of me. I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. yeah. Dell's Sneaker Podcast, The Sneaker Addict. DJ Dell's. Yeah, yeah big, big shout out to him. And uh, he had a recent birthday as well. Elman Shah, This Plate Store. It's pop culture artwork on metal, which is fucking phenomenal. Nice. SubZeroComics.com for all your wrestling, comic book, and pop culture collectible needs. And Your Best Bargains, LLC. They have an Amazon store and an eBay store. You could search them under the name Your Best Bargains, LLC. I've bought from him many times before. And, uh, you know, you got you to gotta look every week because you'll find something great on there. And, you know, I also want to mention Courtney Summers also. When I was talking earlier about uh, Brickhouse Brown passing away, yeah. you know, Cauliflower Alley Club helped him with some medical expenses, even though it wasn't enough. Um, but he helped him when other places didn't. Nice. You know, like, I'm not saying that WWE had to do anything for Brickhouse Brown, but the bottom line is, is that if you, you know, could contribute or donate anything to the Cauliflower Alley Club, the money does go to good use, and they really do try to help people out. Good. Yeah. Um, Becky Lynch's boy toy. Oh, okay. I know what this one is. Hey, Don Tony, since you mentioned a lot that I'm into disco and dance music, he wanted to share with me a genre that I might enjoy listening to. Some people out there, especially in the United States, have probably never heard of this before. It's called Super Eurobeat. And he actually sent me a bunch of songs, and he told me like his two favorites. I took a 45-second sample of each of these two songs, and I want to share it with everyone. And you tell me what you think of it. All right. The first one is by a group called Dusty, or an artist called Dusty. It's called The Love Bite. 
And let me also say that, you know, when you listen to it first, I, I didn't like it at all. It actually, like, warms, warms you up a little bit. Like, you actually start to, like, enjoy, like it a little bit. Here's the rest of it. It's like a combination of, uh, you know, like the Italian disco, dance, rock music. So that's one. And the other one is called Freedom Ride by The Snake. <laughs> I, you know what? If there was a video game in front of me, why do I feel like I, the screen should say "finish him"? Remember the karate game? Off, yeah, finish him. Finish him off. You mean? Yeah. That sound like fucking porn. <laughs> no, no. I remember a video game. It was a karate game. It used to say "finish him," and then you would finish, finish him, him off. I. It was finish him. I can't can't remember what it was finish called. Him. Yeah, yes. and you know what? Ironically, I think the Mixler just crashed on me. Did I, it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah it did. Yeah. Wow. It did. I see it loading right now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened. My apologies, everyone. Yeah, no, it's back up. It's back up. I, I you know what? I think Mixler didn't like the music either. Look, I, I'm into like disco dance yeah. music. I'm not into Euro stuff. I actually did like a little bit of Euro in the 90s. Uh, like the mid '90s, late '90s, but not to the level of that. That that that's too fast of a beat for me. Yeah, it's a little rough, dude. I I, I don't know. That's you're going from the days of discotheque and stuff like that. Like you know, a lot of European music. There's like a lot of EDM for Germany and stuff. And, yeah, and that's fine. Yeah. Industrial obviously is big in Germany, but that stuff is just yeah. Yeah, uh. it's it's fast. I I like more you know slower beats. I, I'm into old school disco. I mean, pretty much all, almost anything like '70s, '80s. You know, freestyle. Yeah, BMS Felix says it best. That music is what Adderall sounds like. <laughs> oh, man. Um, John Hennef, if I were appointed MLB commissioner, what would be uh, the first change I'd do to Im improve the game? I want a DH in both leagues. Either a DH in both leagues or get rid of the DH. I would prefer the DH because you at least prolong someone's career that can't field anymore. Sure. I fucking hate that the National League still has the pitcher bat, but the American League doesn't. Right. I just don't understand why you could have two leagues and face each other. One is allowed, you know, to, to have a DH and one doesn't. I, I don't like it. I, I want both leagues to have a DH. Stop with the pitchers hitting. I know that, you know, people want tradition and stuff like that. Once you in implement the DH only... After about a month, people would fucking forget about the fact that pitchers don't want to hit anymore. And, yeah. and you know what? If you really want to have a hit, pitcher hit anyway, make him the fucking DH. There you go. Uh, Rich Mahog, if you could interview anyone from history with a lie detector with you, 
this is not a 215 Yeah, question. who would it be and what three question. questions would we answer? I, I don't know what questions I would answer. I mean, I, I'll say this. This is not a cop-out. I thought about this question earlier. There's not, there's not, yeah, there's not many people in the past that have been accused of lying that went to their grave lying. Like, you know, my, my first immediate reaction was, okay, OJ Simpson. I would interview him, ask him questions about Nicole Brown and the murders, stuff like that. But other than that, really, who would, what would you ask when you would need a lie detector? Jimmy Snuka, did you accidentally kill Nancy Argentino? You know what I mean? Uh, like something like it's that. It's too deep of a question. Like, it is it, a it deep question. immediately go political. Because, I mean, if you want to talk about world events where things actually matter, you would immediately go to politics. But uh, to come up with five people and ask them three questions, I come on. Yeah, that's kind of hard. 2.15 in the morning. Yeah, this one's even worse. No disrespect, Mario from the Barrio. But uh, I actually thought about this question earlier. And whether it was 2.15 in the morning or 10 o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock right. in the afternoon, I'll give you the same answer. If we could fund our own personal concert, just for us, privately, okay. what five acts would you have any genre of music included? Or The only way I can answer that is this way, is I would take favorite performers that I grew up watching, like Prince and others, and sure. I would choose them. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like... I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I would love to have Led Zeppelin. I'd love to have Pink Floyd, Prince. Yeah, yeah. Pink Floyd, The Police. Sure. Uh, shit. Uh, the Doors, if I could. At one point, I would have chose fucking Twisted Sister. Yeah. You know, when I, I was younger, I fucking, uh, I fucking love, I would want them to recreate that music video. What are you gonna do with your life? Fucking I want to rock. I want to rock. That was fucking great, man. I miss music videos like that. That was one thing that we had as kids that's not the same now. Now everybody just like raps in front of fucking vehicles with fucking chicks dancing and fucking doing the shit with their ass. And they're wearing fucking, you know, outrageous jewelry and talking about this and talking about that. But MTV killed all that shit, though, too. I mean, MTV used to be a platform where people would perform like these great fucking magnanimous videos. I mean, as much as I'm not a big fan of Guns N' Roses, I respect the hell out of what they did for November Rain. Yes. It was a damn movie. Yeah. It was a fucking movie. Listen, and, I yeah. one of the favorite things I used to love about ECW in November is when they would hype up their November to Remember events. And what they would do is they would splice in wrestling stuff with the November Rain music video And you would watch, you know, like November Rain, you would hear it, and you would see all of the storylines and the angles that were leading to matches at November to Remember. And it's fucking phenomenal. If you go on YouTube and you type in ECW November Rain, watch a couple of those clips. You might not get it on YouTube, but was that Video Motion or Daily Motion? Yeah, Daily Motion. Yeah, too. do a regular Google search. If you've never seen those November Rain videos that ECW used to do, they were fucking awesome. It, it's probably one of the most favorite things that I ever enjoyed more than anything as far as wrestling goes, other than matches themselves. Oh, yeah. 
the November rain ones, and they only did like two or three of them. I mean, they had November to remember, 94, 95, 96. Right. But um, as far as the music videos, I think there might have only been two or three years that they did that. Mm. So, um, Very cool. Two more questions. We're done. All right. Uh, also, you know, Lashley did an interview recently talking about how he would love to face Lesnar in MMA and not pro wrestling. Mm. Honestly, I don't understand why WWE wouldn't consider it. They did brawl for it all. Why wouldn't they consider it? They did a Lions Den match, even though it really wasn't ultimate fighting. Why not do? Get Lesnar and MMA match in WWE? Yeah, why not? Uh, it's not a bad idea there, TT. You know, I mean, you get hype. I, I just... I think the reason it's, why WWE would be afraid is because if someone gets their ass kicked, how do you recover from that in storylines? Because it's not a sanctioned fight. That's why. They can have a non-sanctioned ma MMA match in WWE. Why not? Yeah. They can they can find the ring. They can get the correct people involved into having a decent MMA match between Brock. I mean, people won't believe it anyways. They'll probably be like, oh, it's in WWE, so it's totally <laughs> But yeah. regardless, it's totally non-sanctioned. So, I mean, why not? Yeah. Uh, Mega Man, what world leaders and peacekeepers do we feel could have easily turned good or bad with their personal life tragedies? For a few examples, if Kennedy survived a bullet, MLK and Malcolm X surviving, Hitler going to college, if Trump didn't win, Hillary did. Um, also, do I think an Operation Mockingbird is happening with media on both sides? He knows the question of the left field. Uh, let me answer it like this. As far as the media, you know, the media is just, I mean, they've just gone out of control. Um, they just don't hold back. They, they, you know, because Trump is very outspoken, they are very outspoken and they justify the outspoken that Trump is outspoken. If you look at my pinned thread on Twitter, I said, you know, I was brought up, you know, you know, a lot of ways with my parents and one is always treat others how you want to be treated yeah and you know i also said you know try to get someone to justify irrational behavior without pointing other irrational behavior and watch the head explode yeah. you know that people always act irrationally and when you you hold them to task their answer is well this person does it but this person did it Oh, well, Trump said somebody could get punched. I just hate that. You don't justify irrational behavior with other irrational behavior. Let me ask you something. Uh -huh. I mean, we're kind of talking about politics at the moment, stuff like that. What is your, uh, what's your stance with the whole James Gunn situation? Um, let me put it this way. Two more baseball players, two Atlanta Braves players, they found old tweets when they yeah. were late teenagers. That's right. Saying some horrible shit. And, you know, they they apologize publicly and they said you know that they've grown as people. Well, they're forcing everybody into sensitivity training now, right? Right. In but, the MLB. Right. But what's happening is, is that because there's so many people that are getting caught with these old tweets, people are getting numb by it. It doesn't feel outrageous anymore. And I think with the James Gunn situation, because it was so unexpected, because there were so many. Because it was so, um, uh, you know, just, you know, met with scrutiny from the, you know, the social justice warriors, the PC. And yes, they were fucked up and they were horrible jokes and they were in bad taste and this and that. But 
you know, I, I don't see anybody accusing him of criminal activity. I don't see anybody. I, he shouldn't have never written it in the first place. And I, we talked about some breakfast soup. You know, there could have been news events at the time where right. something happened, where someone was accused. I brought up this example where a teacher may have had sex with a student. And from that story, he could have written a wise-ass tweet like, you know, is it really pedophilia? If blah, 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 blah. And his mistake was that he didn't link the article he might have been writing a sarcastic remark about. And I'm not saying that he did that or didn't do it. Personally, I think it was stupid to write this stuff in the first place. But I think as these other things are coming out, because right now, I told you, Every celebrity, every sports person, everybody, everybody of any type of importance out there should be paying people to search every single tweet that they've ever written and fucking delete anything that yes. looks questionable. And the oh. fact that anybody still has stuff out there, it blows my mind. But as more of these come out, and there are people out there on both sides of the aisle, right and left, that are looking to b- bring people down. Right. They're trying to find... You know, the smoking gun, the, the the magic bullet, you know, just anything they can nail on someone. I think as more of these come out, James Gunn thing will subside and diminish. Kudos to Batista for sticking up with him. I don't they, agree with I his was, comments. I was going to try and bring that up, too. I'm like, what do you think about the fact that Batista and the rest of the cast pretty much kind of unanimously signed like this petition or whatever to try and get James Gunn back? I do not agree with what he wrote. I thought it was stupid. But I applaud everybody who defended him, even though I don't agree with some of it. I applaud everybody who defended him and is sticking to their guns. I hate fucking celebrities and athletes that fucking take a stance, get heat, and then backtrack and apologize. Yeah. You know, it just, you, stand your fucking ground. Take right. a stance. You know, deal with it because at the end of the day, you might get ripped which now. Which is interesting, too, because Batista, honestly, which is really, it, it just shows you what a character, what, like a human character that that guy is full of because he's the first one that kind of stood for James Gunn. And then he kind of like got everybody else to sign it, too. Mm-hmm. But it's like it just shows you the difference between the metal that, you know, a guy like Dave Batista was raised in versus, you know, the metal that the rest of these Hollywood actors and actresses were raised in. Not saying that they didn't have good intentions all along. I'm just saying it took somebody with a mouth like Dave. Oh, what are they going to do? Beat up Dave Batista? <laughs> you know? So I, I was very impressed by that. I, I actually, uh, he kind of gained a couple of points in my book. Yeah. Well, for standing up for uh, James Gunn. The last question for this episode is from DJT, Donald J. Trump, from our uh, patron. And he calls you out. And he says, how could you lend support to James Gunn when he endorsed using internet social media background checks for guys like Ben Shapiro in order to demonize him for posting political columns when he was 17? It's People hypocr- make mistakes, man. He, it's he, as simple as that. He says it's hypocritical to endorse and mobilize your followers to utilize social justice warrior tactics on the left and then cry when figures on the right like Mike Cernovich uses it as an act of mutually assured destruction. Yeah, it, look, dude, it's not even Cernovich, about. Yeah, Cernovich, whatever yeah. fuck that guy's name is. Look, it's not even about James Gunn, the person. Honestly, I don't care about James Gunn, the person. The thing I don't like is the fact that they are dictating this guy's life, that the mob mentality gets to physically ruin your livelihood because they didn't like something you said. Mm-hmm. Our country is based on freedom of speech. Now, what that means is that you can say whatever the hell you want. 
And whatever people's responses are, like if they're angry about it, you're damn you, you got to take it. That's fine. I'm not saying that people should like what he said. I'm not saying that people don't have the right to be offended. But the fact that you're trying to censor this guy by ruining his life, that's what I, I'm standing against. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I'm standing. I, I don't care. I don't know about James Gunn, James Gunn's personal life. I have no stance about that whatsoever. I don't think that his tweets were, were meant to be anything but shitty edgelord type humor. That's what it was. It was right. dead baby jokes and, and horrible fucking things to say. And the reason he said it was because he was being a curmudgeon. I don't think he was saying it because the big thing that people are like, oh, he's made a, a thousand. Uh, uh, what do they call it? a thousand? No, 100,000 admissions of guilt. That was the thing that so people believe that James Gunn had a hundred thousand child molester tweets and that he's raped one hundred thousand children. Are you fucking kidding me? But nobody's found one child molester case on this guy, but yet he's made a hundred thousand admissions of guilt. Fuck right. out of here. Yeah. I agree. Come on. I agree. At what point is this just silly? This is the point where you need to strike back and fucking smack these people straight because they're completely off kilter. Yeah, uh, attacking people, uh, thought policing. Fuck out of here. Yeah, it's garbage. Well, with that, we are done. And again, for everyone listening, this was your breakfast soup edition of the Don Tony Kevin Cast Show. This is pretty much what we do on Patreon. It's uh, like you said earlier. You know, we do get into news, obviously, but we also discuss you know topics we you know that are sent to us we poll people as far as certain things and you know it's not all wrestling stuff there's a little bit personal mixed in and you know next week kevin castle will take the helm i will have the week off and next week you will get a castle chronicles edition and basically his setup is similar um it's just he's solo he'll get into some news he'll answer questions and he'll tell a couple little personal stories with it and uh it's a lot of fun as well and this is what we do every week on patreon and we wanted to just you know mix it up a little bit again i know everyone out there has heard you and i do shows before on monday but this has a little bit of breakfast soup twist to it because of the questions sent in and the personal stuff and the various topics and discussions and uh Plus, we ended up going three hours and uh, 15 minutes. Yeah. But, hey, at least I don't have to bug you on Wednesday. No. Yeah. <laughs> this I was a pleasure. themselves, too. So. Yeah, yeah. Mish, pleasure as always. I will talk to you later this week. Um, I'm going to look into the GoPro and a few other things, so we'll talk. All right, dude. All right, take, take care. Have a good night. Thanks. Thanks again. Peace. Take care. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this breakfast soup edition of the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show. Uh, I will be back in two weeks. Remember, two weeks, August 13th. Kev will be on Monday. And um, for those on Patreon, I will put a thread up later on in the week, just like we did with this show, where you can post your questions for Kev to discuss. So we'll do that as well. Uh, if anybody that is a member of our Patreon or going to sign up later this week, Kev is doing an episode of Castle Chronicles this, this Thursday. So look out for that. Uh, the ad-free edition of the DTKC show will be up there uh, later tonight. Breakfast with Blossy this Wednesday. I'm definitely doing a Breakfast with Blossy Wednesday, everybody. 
So I'm sure there's going to be some other topics going on that uh, we didn't cover today. Maybe some fallout of certain things from today. Maybe your feedback. So definitely look out for that Wednesday. And that's it. For those listening live, if you're still up and you want to stick around for some really fun This Week in Wrestling History, stay tuned because you will get that right now. Support the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show on Patreon. Get access to thousands of hours of back episodes. Get bonus episodes and exclusive shows. Castle Chronicles. Breakfast Soup. Pay-per-view recaps. DVDs. Beer koozies. Tattoos. And more. Support the show that's entertained millions for over 16 years. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Once again, Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nevia. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. Myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. 